welcome to Game & Watch with Aaron and James, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we have been watching. I am Aaron. And I'm James. And today we are talking about uh, a game series celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, which is insane, which means I was only five years old when we played Kingdom Hearts 1. That is not true at all. What do you mean? Five years old? Yeah, old? I, I'm 25. Right? <laughs> what on earth? <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this bit. Okay, I'm a, no, I'm I am not 25. Uh, I'm 33, so I played this as, as a as a young tween. You have to explain to me that that joke. It's, I don't understand it. It's it's just I'm actually 33, <laughs> but I tried to trick you into thinking I'm only 25. Oh, I I was tricked. I was tricked <laughs> for, for a second. Um, you know, our apologies to anyone who saw the title of this episode and tuned in hearing us both sound like we were at a funeral. We're talking about Kingdom Hearts 1 today, and it's actually very exciting because this is a long time coming. Oh, yeah. We've been talking about and planning this episode basically since the inception of the podcast. We sound a little morose right now. I don't think that has anything to do with the fact we're talking about this game, but maybe it subconsciously it, it does. Perhaps. Uh, well, we are joined by a very special guest today. Uh, Dave, say hello. Hello. Hey. Dave, Thank you for having me. Dave uh, is a, an old friend, and I don't mean <laughs> that in terms of his age. Dave is, well. Dave is 52. Dave, yeah, Dave is... Don't, <laughs> and, and I'm 25. That's 52 uh-huh, backwards. Yeah. Oh, wow. my goodness. I, Aaron, no. I have... What are you doing? Dave, when did we meet Jimmy? James, long, a long time ago. Uh, Maybe when we were in like sixth or seventh grade. Maybe that sounds right. That sounds sounds about right. right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Dave, uh, very, very, extremely old, um, decrepit uh, friend of mine. (laughs) Withered, I'd call him. Yeah, withered. withered, 102 years uh, old and counting. Um, yeah, and I knew Dave because uh, we were in like chorus and music classes in high school. Yeah, Dave, so, if I yes, knew you were a huge Kingdom Hearts fan, I would have. Uh, we could have talked for hours about it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, you, you, we definitely could talk for hours about this game, and we will today. We will yeah. literal hours, and oh, yeah. it's gonna be. We're gonna have to really rein it in because there's a lot to discuss with this game. Yeah. But but that's okay. Uh, we'll we'll make it we'll make it through. This is a, this is a long game. I saw that how long to beat.com says it takes about an average of twenty eight hours to beat the game, which I think is absolute bullshit. And sixty two and a half hours for completionists on average. And I would say that's way 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 shorter than the game feels. And that is a compliment and an insult to the game. I mean, I think twenty eight point five hours to beat the game makes sense. I think. 62.5 is actually a little low if you want to complete everything. I agree. Yeah, yeah because I, I think when I, I went back as the as the crazy person I am, as you know, Aaron, and I oh, yes. like got, went to level 99, I got the platinum trophy in the game like, I don't know, four or five years ago. And I think it took me like 80 hours. So wow. a lot of a lot of a lot of material farming and stuff to make the ultimate weapon and all that. Anyway, got to slay those mushrooms. I, I wanted to ask you guys before we got into the development of the game, just I, I, give me your like, what, what where do you stand right now on this game? Like, what's going to be your mood of the episode? And I would say that for me personally, it's one of the highest compliments I can pay this game 
the first entry or like, you know, Kingdom Hearts one. I was not chronologically first entry in the series. Uh, the highest compliment I can pay it is that all the other games in the series are incomprehensible messes for about 90% of the game. <laughs> but this one is only incomprehensible for about 80%. I, you know what? I think it's more comprehensible than that. It, it, it is. I I partially am joking, but I mean, there are things that are very insanely dated about this game, and there are flaws that this game has that I had more patience for when I was younger, and I have like no patience for now. Yet I would say of of all the games of this like this, and I don't mean there's really nothing like this, but more so than any other game from that era that has similar flaws, I feel more compelled to revisit this game than any of it. And, and, and like, I don't exactly know what it is about it. And that's what I'm excited to kind of talk about with you guys. Yeah, I, I agree. This, this one in particular out of the whole series is the one that I always return to replay. And I don't know why, because like the sequels, they play much smoother and better, but it's just this game from like start to finish, it makes the most sense until they add in all the other stuff from the sequels. And then you're kind of like, wait, what's going on? But yeah. Yeah, I think the first one balances the like Cuckoo Bananas level of Final Fantasy plot with uh, Disney plot fairly well and that's kind of what it was at the time kingdom hearts wasn't a joke so you know i saw it as a good natured like hey they're trying to do final fantasy level stuff with disney stuff and it's gonna look weird and messy um and then i also really like also too how you said this one is simple and i don't take the simple and like slow and clunky gameplay as a flaw i really like it because i feel like two and on um you're just kind of tapping x even on you know proud mode and you're mm -hmm. just know shredding through enemies whereas this one i feel like combat is a little slower is a little more considered like his role is very slow i'm trying to say it's essentially elden ring um <laughs> wow yeah um yeah i i'm i'm very excited to to get into it aaron do you want to do you want to talk about the fantastic development of this game um i would say it's insane um yeah and a, a bit yeah. fantastic but uh, so this, as we all know today, uh, is a collaboration between Square Enix and Disney, but at the time, they were only Square. This was in the, the late 90s. Um, Shinji Hashimoto, a Square producer, uh, had an idea for an open, open or not, I'm sorry, a more open world action RPG, but open world meaning, again, not like Elden Ring, more like Mario 64 and Bomb Bomb Battlefield, probably. Um, they realized that part of the success of Mario is that most of the gaming public already has a really wide exposure to Mario. Everyone knows Mario um, and everyone really likes Mario. Uh, so they figured a game that uh, used a stable of recognizable characters would be really successful. And they were kind of just as a thought of experiment brainstorming who such a company might be. And uh, they thought about Disney, um, which makes sense because Disney has so many different, you know, characters that they, that are recognizable. Um, but they assumed that Disney would never, ever, ever allow them to use their characters for a Square uh, RPG, which is where the story should probably have ended. <laughs> um, it did not, though. Um, one day, uh, Disney and Square shared uh, an office building. I'm sure there were many, many, you know, companies there. But one day Hashimoto happened to find himself on an elevator with a Disney executive. 
Um, so he actually just essentially gave him an elevator pitch, which you see in movies and TV shows. And it like really never works. And it's kind of a crazy thing to do in real life. But he, he did it. Uh, it worked. Uh, a meeting was set up. Um, and the companies worked things out. And the game went under production in the year 2000. I It makes me wonder what parallel universe there is where Square shares like a, a building with some other company with a lot of IP. And we get like a, a version of that. Like what if we had like Transformers and Sora <laughs> or <laughs> Mario and, so- and Sora? A Hasbro Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, what about Lego Kingdom Hearts? Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. <clears throat> what could have been? What could have been? Um, but that none of that actually happened. What actually happened um, is that Hashimoto was made the producer, uh, which was his original role anyway. And the hated Nomura was made the director. Not hated at the time, I would Not, say. Probably deeply beloved by... Because this is on the heels of yeah. Final Fantasy VII. I think it was... And he yeah. had already written, worked on like seven and eight at this point, right? True. Or maybe I mean, was was working on eight. I mean, Putin was good for Russia's economy for like a little <laughs> bit there at the beginning. But wow, things have really turned. Um, so yeah, Nomura was not quite as hated. I suppose. Tetsuya Nomura for anyone Tetsuya who hasn't Nomura. heard us talk about him or say his name in other his, episodes. His, epi- his epithet is the hated. <laughs> um, so yes, he designed the characters. Um, originally Sora was going to be more of a like lion cub, like Ooh. a cartoon lion cub to match with the cartoon aesthetic. Um, he would have had a little tail and a little like chainsaw sword. Um, they went away from that and made him a boy. Um, rats. Yeah, I would have loved Little Lion Come Chainsaw. Uh, yeah. Sora. Uh, Hinorobu Sakaguchi, who uh, is the creator of Final Fantasy and director of several of them, um, told them not to make it a simple story for little kids, which was everyone's first instinct, but instead <laughs> create a story which aspired to be just like any other Final Fantasy story. So definitively, I guess we can blame him. I would say that this story, the story of Kingdom Hearts in its entirety is like, two three times as incomprehensible at its worst than any final fantasy game i don't know i mean five is five and three are really weird and confusing as to mm. what even is going on in the plot i guess three's yeah what do you think dave i'm i'm just happy that in kingdom hearts they strayed away from crystals but i guess they pretty much just replaced <laughs> crystals with hearts and... that's a great point. oh my god that yeah, is a never I, thought about i that. never thought about that either holy shit <laughs> crystals oh. with hearts oh my god that is so true yeah so i can't tell if that if i hate square more now or if i'm actually like impressed that they were able to show some restraint and not have crystals um i'm just waiting for kingdom hearts 4 where crystal hearts are the new like oh my god you know mcguffin to go after i'm surprised you'd play kingdom hearts 4 that's i i'm in for life (laughs) yeah yeah at this point yeah yeah sadly i think i agree um but enough about kingdom hearts 3 and its traumatizing (laughs) effect it had yeah. Um, so the yeah. the other really confusing bit of trivia I found is that Kingdom Hearts was named to coincide with the newly opened Disney Park Animal Kingdom. Definitely didn't know that, I, and that doesn't no. make any sense. It doesn't no. make any sense at all. I mean, unless it it would have made sense if Sora was a lion, but he's right. not. So. 
Well, and what makes me what that makes me think of is one, maybe they contacted Disney when in the story stage when he was still alive, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the other thing, too, um, is that I don't think they even know. I, I, I don't think they had any idea what a hit this game would be. And I don't think they knew what a crazy demand there would be for a sequel. Um, yeah. And hence why they're willing to be like, I don't know, name it after a Disney park. Um, <laughs> so another uh, kind of beat that connects with that is no one knew how people were going to react to the game, the people internally. Um, so Nomura seek, purposely put a secret video at the end of the game. Um, as we all know that like secret ending video. Yeah. And if players met certain criteria, so, you know, if you played on normal mode, you had to go out and get certain extra items. I think you just got it if you beat the game in proud mode. And then I don't think you could get it at all um, on easy mode. So it incentivized players to spend a really long time at the game to collect all the items or to play it on proud mode or to play it multiple times like I did. Um, but the question that I have is it was supposedly a teaser for a sequel. That's what they said. But since, again, Kingdom Hearts is like a shot in the dark. No one knew it was going to be the crazy success that it was. So I think Nomura just was like, I don't know, and just made like a weird pastiche of all these heart cloak shadow figures and then when kingdom hearts blew up was like oh shit i guess i gotta put that in the scene yeah 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 that that would explain a lot that would explain (laughs) a lot it feels very just like out of nowhere and derivative even when you encounter that moment in kingdom hearts 2 yeah um it's very strange it feels very shoehorned in yeah it feels i i always call that george lucas syndrome um, where you just want to go back and just fiddle with all of your old, old things. but It's just, yeah, I, I wonder if he even had that moment where he's like, well, shit, I didn't actually, that doesn't make any sense or I don't like that idea anymore, but I guess I got to use it. And then that snowballed into making it, making parts of that integral. Because doesn't that cutscene introduce Roxas? Uh, it does. It does. And, and the, we don't uh, know it's Roxas. We don't. <laughs> Correct. That's a good point, too. It, it could have been Sora. It could have intended to be Sora. I think it's pretty obviously not Sora or Riku. Our Riku, he, I don't know, I think he's wielding, wielding like two keyblades or something. Which now, you know. you're, you're getting into the sequels here. We can't talk, yeah, about you're right. That. We can't, yeah. we can't, which, and we Riku? won't. What? No, yeah. um, so, uh, someone tell us about how did this game perform really well. Um, very, very well. One of the top 10 best selling PS2 games of all time. It was a critical hit um very some some people have said it's one of the best games of all time um i disagree yeah Yeah. um and yeah very financially successful and as we know there have been so many sequels (laughs) tie-ins merchandise spin-offs and like and now that i have been to japan and seen kind of the craze around certain anime and video games, especially in like the Akibara district of Tokyo, like the Kingdom Hearts is everywhere. Like it is, it's crazy. Like, uh, and that may, maybe would explain, like if no one in the US liked it, which obviously wasn't true. And we were like, no more, we don't want it. No more. Uh, and, uh, and he was like, you know what? Well, we love it here, so we're going to keep making these games. I, I believe it now that I've seen like how popular it's been. So, yeah. Um, 
This game's been re-released at least a couple times, I think. Um, oh, gosh. It, yeah. It has a final mix version in Japan, which added several optional bosses, a couple story beats, maybe a Keyblade or two. Um, the version that the U.S. had had the extra bosses, but not those other bonuses. Also, um, fun trivia fact, the names of the super bosses in the American versions were uh, the last names of people who had entered a contest to be featured in the game. Yes. That's or right. actually, whole. Yeah. I'm sorry, whole names, right? Because one is like Kurt Ziza, and that yes. was the guy's name. Yes. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, you can do that with a game like this. It'd be very, it would stand out a lot if it was in like Mario or something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, PS3 had Kingdom Hearts 1.5, uh, which was essentially an upscale version of the final mix, but in English. And there's like other collections like there, like Kingdom Hearts 1.5 remix. Like, th- the titles of these games are just befuddling. They um, yeah, they they often market them as like the Kingdom Hearts collection now. And then, or, you know, like the Kingdom Hearts Collection 1 and 2. So that way, none of the incomprehensible titles are on it. And you can just be like, okay, click. And, yeah, you know, if you yeah. don't know any better, you're buying like five games. In a yeah. And now you can pretty much play Kingdom Hearts 1 at least on most modern consoles. Is Except it? I would say the Switch with that cloud version. Have you have you guys uh, tested that out? I haven't tested it. I I tested the demo of one out and then three out to compare them. Three was a nightmare. Oh god. One was like okay, but I could see lag and like lag was slowing me down. So I I would not play the whole game like that. Yikes. I I don't know why they they did that. Like, just put the first one at least like. They, they should have separated the games instead of make it be like the whole collection. I don't know why Nintendo did that. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah I, I think unfortunately, like Nintendo is aiming to be like family company. And sometimes I think they do things to trick grandmas. Um, or trick oh, parents. yeah. And this is a real trick parents move where <laughs> it's like, oh, we can look up if there's Kingdom Hearts on the eShop and be like, here it is. We can like click, click, buy it. Yep. Yep. That. Yeah. That wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> so kind of building off how we started this whole episode, I, I'd like, you know, we'll talk about our history with the game, but kind of in in conjunction with that, I would like to really know for both of you, what is this game, specifically this game, I guess, and you could talk a little bit about the series if you want. Like what does it mean to you as a as a gamer, like the nostalgia factor? I'd love to, I'd love to get a better appreciation for it. Yeah, well, I can go first. This game, it actually was what got me to buy a PlayStation 2. Because I remember remember when the commercial came out, and I remember seeing it briefly, just seeing, like, Disney characters with what looked like Final Fantasy characters. And it happened so quickly, and, like, the simple and clean music was playing. And I remember going to my brother and being like, this game's coming out like I don't know what it is, but it's got Disney and Final Fantasy. Like we we should get this, but then we saw it was for PlayStation, and we were like a Nintendo household. We had N sixty four, GameCube, so we were disappointed that we couldn't play it. And it wasn't until Kingdom Hearts two came out that we finally got a PlayStation two. And we picked up Kingdom Hearts 1 as like one of the greatest hits things, which was like, it was like 20 bucks or something. Like, so for me, 
this is the game that got me into the PlayStation world. And I mean, I'm just a big Disney fan in general. So I knew I would enjoy this just for the pure fact that it's Disney. But yeah, for me, it's just the nostalgia, the characters, the awkward dialogue. Like it's, it's great. <laughs> I love it. Aaron? Yeah, uh, the dialogue is incredible, but um, I played this under a very, very ideal circumstances, I think. Um, this came out, I think, during, I think in September uh, of 2001, or maybe the end of summer. Um, however, uh, I played it after having played Final Fantasy Tactics for PlayStation 1, like mm. all summer long, um, which is just some masterpiece. And like, I just, it was incredible to be exposed to that game for that long. Um, so then the game immediately after that was Kingdom Hearts 1. It was just like, God, my young brain didn't even understand how good I had it um, and became obsessed with it. I love Final Fantasy. I like Disney, but I thought I was getting too cool for Disney, but it made me love Disney characters again. I played it multiple times. I played it on regular mode. I played it on proud mode. I like maxed out the gummy ship. Um, oh, I didn't wow. Go to I didn't go to level wow. 99. I really, I really <laughs> like the gummy ship in one, only in one. Mm, um, okay. Yeah, I, mm. I, I got the ultimate weapon. I uh, beat the optional bosses. I farmed those weird mushrooms. Like I did everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, again, I did not get to level 99, but pretty much everything else I did it. I, I love this game. Um, I just thought it was such a cool idea with potential, you know, the potential to go anywhere. Um, and then where it went is not a place I wanted it to go. Yeah. Well, well, and where it went, like it opened everyone's imagination to be like, if you could put Disney with Final Fantasy, like the it's you could do anything. Like that's yeah. yeah. Then yeah. Then I feel like because now we have like Mario hanging out with Sonic at the Olympics. It's like <laughs> the floodgates yeah. opened. It was yeah, like you can true. do anything. Well, yeah, and this is all like pre-Smash Brothers, before Smash Brothers had, you know, like characters from every video game series ever. True. Right. This is and, kind and of like a pre precursor to that of it. Yeah. Yeah. And now Sora's in Smash. So oh, the circle I, completes. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I um I, I too played this. I didn't beat it, but I played it pretty soon after it came out. And I was, and by that point, I don't think I'd ever beaten a single Final Fantasy game, except maybe if Tactics Advance came out before this, then maybe Tactics Advance. But oh, I, I had like dabbled in enough Final Fantasy to be familiar with what they were trying to do here. And I would say that this game probably, I don't as almost as I hate to admit it, like it might have actually gotten me into J, fully into JRPGs. Like it, it made me want to play more Final Fantasy and it also made me, it worked. It was like a catnip or whatever. Like mm -hmm. it, it made me want to play other games like this. I was like, couldn't, I'm sure you guys too, like couldn't wait to see what, if they were going to make a sequel and what Disney movies, you know, that you, you loved that they'd be in, you know, that would be in the game. And I just, I was blown away by this game and also very confused because it, it is more comprehensible than the others in the series, but I still thought this game was really confusing near the end, especially. I, I think what is happening probably to all of us or, you know, did at that time is it's the assumption that I definitely used to have as a kid that like, well, a bunch of really smart adults made this 
And it seems like the stakes are the highest the stakes have yeah. ever been with these hearts and whatnot. And um, yeah, and at that age, you're like, oh, I must be missing something. Like, this, oh, yeah. Like, I'm yeah. missing, I'm fully, you know, and I didn't feel like I was missing out at the time. I was like, they got me hook, line, and sinker. But any weird questions in the story, I was like, that's my fault. I should like I have figured out yeah. what that meant. Totally and, and agree. You, and you couldn't admit it to your friends because yeah. you had to be like, no, no, no. I, I know what it means. Yeah. You know what it means, right? That, that is so accurate. I and definitely all, remember pretending to know what was going on through yeah. the whole ending of the game. <laughs> I, I will admit right now to both of you, I don't understand this series that might come through in talking about the plot of this game. Like it, it no matter, I, I played this game like maybe five times in my life now, which I think is a lot for a game like this. And yeah. I, I don't know it fluently. I just don't. It's it's very hard for me to recall certain details. And I, I think that the other thing, in addition to kind of just like thinking something was just beyond your comprehension when you're young and just, you know, smart adults are making this. So I'll understand it someday is I don't know if I was even fully playing the game for its story. I think I was too enamored with the gameplay and the the JRPG elements and like the the style and the visual aspects of the game, especially Disney stuff to really care a whole lot about what was going on. Not that I, I I didn't care. It was just, it wasn't the main reason I was playing the game. And I would say that my, in revisiting this game and also in playing the other ones in the series, and I have not played all of them, but I played most of them. And I think it's more of like, I play because I enjoy the gameplay overall. And there's a morbid fascination with where the hell the story's going to go. And I think that was the main drive for Kingdom Hearts 3 is I was like, how are they going to supposedly start to close this story? And I would say that they didn't at all. And they made it 10 times as difficult to follow. Um, but that's for another episode. That, that's for another time. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Should we get into it? Yeah, so let's talk first about kind of like the general characters, the art direction, the mechanics. So you play as Sora. He is a boy with giant feet. Yes. Well, or just giant shoes. We don't know. I guess we don't know, but I would imagine it'd be very hard to maneuver if you weren't were just swimming around in those shoes. Well, that's true. Don't they? Don't some of the other kids on the island? Don't they show their feet, and they're kind of bigger than normal? Oh, that's true. Remember. Oh, yeah, they are a little bit like Hobbit feet. Yeah, that's bit. true. Yeah. Um, and so you play for reasons that we'll explain when we get into the plot of the game. You play with Donald and Goofy as party members who are partially controllable, and <laughs> um, you kind of as you go through certain levels, you'll be able to add um, temporarily for that level another party member, usually in the form of a disney character or is this or is this the game where you just summon them i honestly no, can't remember no it's both yeah okay it is yeah. both all right you thank get you both. Yeah. um so sora has kind of a blend of melee and magic you know the the exact order you gain abilities how quickly you level up and what kind of play style you'll use is as we'll also talk about in a little bit more detail kind of determined by these very vague questions in the prologue um and other weird questions asked by your friends on the island and it's I would say that very, very odd choice to make something that important, this cryptic. It's very cryptic. Um, the, uh, the prologue choices make a little more sense. They ask you like, do you want a sword or a shield or a magic wand? And that's pretty clear. Uh, but the, the, the later ones, when you're on the island, 
I think it's like Waka. You go up to him on the, you know, off up a ladder and he asks you like, what are you most scared of dying or being lonely? And it's just like, what the <laughs> fuck, Waka? Like, why? This is so weird. Um, even as a kid, I was like, this is very strange. And I had played Final Fantasy X. So I'm like, that's not what Waka sounds like. I had yeah. not played 10 at this time. So I only knew these char- those characters by just kind of vague recognition from like box art and gameplay footage and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Sora, I, like we mentioned, blends mainly in magic. Donald is primarily a caster, very magic based, um, which is pretty useless at the beginning of the game. Uh, I would say I, I sounds like one of you would agree with that. I mean, or, or no, I, I do. I agree with that. He, yeah, I, I'd agree. I just don't notice his impact as much as I notice Goofy's. I, I want him to be good because I like the idea of him as a magician. But especially when he only has like three MP, he wastes it. Even if you fiddle with his AI to the limited degree you can, um, he wastes it. And then his health is so low, he's constantly dying. So I feel like you constantly have to check up on Donald or just ignore him when he dies, which is what I always do. I, That's I always what I always just ignored him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if I if I revive anybody, it's gonna be goofy. Oh yeah. Well, they come back to life eventually. It just takes longer for them to come back. So True, it's like, yeah. why revive them? What a game this would be if they died permanently and you got a cutscene showing them their them expire, and then like, you had to play the rest of the game without them. And then by the like, if you fuck up, then you play the most of the game as just Sora. And do you think that that would just turn into like an existential nightmare? Do you think it would be like the Fire Emblem classic mode for, applied to Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, it should be that. Oh, what about this? What about every time if you kill Gon- Donald, Donald and Goofy, <laughs> uh, the game auto fills your party with two random characters <laughs> in, in the entire universe like that exists within the world. And then you can kill them. But if they're shopkeepers and stuff, you just lose that shop forever. You you get like Geppetto, yeah, yeah Geppetto yeah. and an yeah. owl from Winnie the Pooh, yes. and owl just doesn't have a tags. He just exactly. tells stories. What is Geppetto? What does Geppetto do? I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> That's yeah, but anyhow, yeah. Uh, so the mechanics of the game we talked about magic. Um, the the MP system is pretty simple. There are like discrete blocks of MP and your spells eat up a certain number of blocks. I guess I didn't even think to talk too much about like the HUD in this game, um, but it's pretty straightforward. Um, it's it's creative looking. It's it's not, you know, visually offensive. Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's really well designed. Um, I think it's like bright and colorful without being distracting. Yeah, um, and MP is restored by ethers. You have like your melee is you know very Keyblade based, and I know that was what I chose because I like swords, and I thought the Keyblade was one of the coolest ideas ever. Um, a lot of iconic imagery in this game that I will never forget. Um, so, uh, from a summoning perspective, everyone that you can summon are like Disney creatures, animals, um, minus Tinkerbell and Genie, or yeah, all animals except Tinkerbell and Genie. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it uses MP. Um, Some stay on the field longer than a spell would, and I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not very perceptive, but I feel like the summoning would range from extremely noticeable, great impact to absolutely useless. I never really felt like summons were just like in the middle there, or maybe I just That's, didn't notice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can't remember what the best one was. There was, there were like, there were some that are just like really good. 
Tinkerbell was probably the best one because I think hers was like constant healing and then if you died she would revive you right yeah Tinkerbell was like the the you know the OP strat is just summon Tinkerbell with every boss fight once you get her yeah but then I think Bambi was pretty good because he Bambi just jumped around the field spawning health for you I think and magic bubbles and And magic bubbles oh yeah. yeah So this is this is something I was saving to, to tell both of you guys. And Aaron knows also that there's usually things in video game in certain games that are so they're like really key aspects of games that I just completely miss and don't do the first time I play them with like Bloodborne. There's like an ability to get blood echoes that I just didn't even think about doing, like consuming a certain item. I didn't summon. <laughs> I honestly though I don't think you missed out that much I mean th- that's not nearly as big of a you know crazy thing as not ever using your blood you know it, it, yeah well there's uh, so so for this I didn't summon and then there's another one um that we'll talk to uh, talk about in a second when we get a little bit more into like items and stuff yeah well um, I remember I think when I first played this game I didn't know how to summon so it like I must have missed that tutorial or something and I kept trying to figure out like how do I summon I want to summon Simba and <laughs> it took me longer than it should have to figure that out the other thing too is um the summons have like different charge meters and I think maybe slightly different ways they charge or the mm-hmm. number of enemies to kill and mm-hmm. I when there was a time when I was really in the zone with Kingdom Hearts 1 after I had played it like probably hopefully four times in a row where I knew exactly what to do with like each summon and the number of enemies. And like, I, I knew them so that I could be really like good using them, which is pointless. Cause you don't ever really need to be. Um, but you can like get really good about maximizing the like charges and getting those like extra commands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so ability wise, Sora usually will learn a new ability every three levels. And again, as we'll mention kind of the starting path you choose will affect which abilities you get before others um some abilities like really help you access areas that were previously inaccessible when you kind of revisit old disney areas like high jump glide super glide and then the mermaid kick for one level basically um there are these unique context sensitive action commands that i guess are abilities where you just press the triangle button i forget does that just trigger group attacks or something well it's yeah. it's for a lot of things and like it'll open chests. oh right i'm sorry things in the world and then within combat within combat under certain circumstances yeah. it'll change like it'll offer a unique action yeah mm-hmm. um visually this game is is 3d it's very cartoonish kind of like they really do like a good job but for the for this era to to put like disney worlds in 3d like i would say they don't look bad um, and, it, and it's, it's it, the way that they blend Final Fantasy characters and Sora and such. Well, obviously, Sora is more kind of like fi- a Final Fantasy character looking than than maybe a Disney cartoon character. Um, they do a pretty good job kind of integrating those two. Uh, do you guys have anything else to mention about visual style? Not, not really. I mean, yeah, they just did a great job and the Disney characters look like they do in the in the movies so yeah that's i mean they nailed that part so i uh i also think that they struck a good balance in sora and to a lesser degree donner and donald and goofy's designs in that um they can exist in all these separate disney worlds with slightly different animation styles 
So like the Jungle Book people do not look the same as say the Olympus Coliseum people, but Sora looks like he can interact with both of them. Tarzan, you mean? Yeah, I was about to say Jungle Book. Or Tarzan, yes, Tarzan, sorry. (laughs) Fun fact. Mowgli, Shere Khan. I don't like the movie Tarzan very much. I don't either, actually. I like Jungle Book quite so a bit. So I, I did, did not, not give like a crap about the Tarzan world. But, um, I mean, mm. wouldn't you say that's true? Like, Tarzan and Hercules, like, sort of, like, fits in with both of them, even though they're humans drawn very differently. Very much so. I, the, the, um, it's very, it, nothing is, like, too jarring. You know, nothing like Pirates of the Caribbean. In, well, oh. and, and that's the thing. Later, the series would attempt to go very far out of Sora's style, which sometimes works, like in Tron. Or in Steamboat yes. Willie, and mm-hmm. other times it's a complete disaster. Yes, like Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh my! I I almost wanted to do like a brief section on it, but it just it does it doesn't belong here. We'll do it in no. episode you know one hundred when we do Kingdom Hearts two or something. Yeah, or episode six hundred and sixty six where we do Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, if we live that long. <laughs> oh, that's true. Um, so there are like very, uh, so many collectibles and items. Uh, I mean, there are, from a weapon standpoint, there's Keyblades for Sora, shields for Goofy, and stabs for Donald. There's all these different materials and recipes to synthesize new weapons and other items and such. We won't spend a ton of time going into that the only thing i will say is that there are items that permanently raise like your attack or defense and such and i did not know what they did and never used them and i hoarded them to the end of the game and never used them my first playthrough <laughs> yep that's that's my real embarrassing moment not not the uh not the summons and then there's the gummy ship. Does one of you want to take the lead on the gummy ship? Because I, uh, not going to lie, not a fan of the oh, gummy please. ship. Oh, please. I know you're basically yeah, yeah. jumping to do it. Uh, yeah, Aaron can talk about it because I'm not a fan of the gummy ship levels either, either. But that's because I'm a big fan of like Star Fox and I could see uh, like the similarities, but it's like, it's it's not as good. So. It's like half finished. Like it yeah. just, it's it's like an incomplete idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that's a very c- good comparison. It's like Star Fox for four-year-olds, essentially, <laughs> um, where you have these little Star Fox ships. I mean, that's essentially what it is, but they're made out of these little, like, Lego blocks. They call them gummy blocks. And, uh, you know, you fly through, like, a quote-unquote gummy zone between each world where there are all these, uh, like, spaceships, which are manifestations of the Heartless that you shoot down, and you can collect parts and pieces from the shot-down Heartless And then uh, between worlds, you can go to your gummy garage where you can modify uh, your own ship. You can replicate blueprints of heartless ships you've seen if you have all the pieces. Um, And you can just kind of play around with it. You can add gadgets, you can add lights, you can add these nets that swoop up uh, items. You can add radars, you can add missiles, you can add like boosts, all these crazy things. Uh, And as a kid, I had a blast with this. I thought this was really fun. I thought, I mean, people criticize it a lot for being very simple, which I agree it is. But if you get into it, it's it's just like a simple, really, I don't know. I think it's because I played the game when I was like 12. It just clicked with me. Um, the, this is the only game in the series where the gummy ship looks like this. Uh, they tried to update the gummy ship in two and three in different ways. And I would argue failed every time. Um, I don't think this is great, but I think this is the best incarnation of the gummy ship. Because also the levels are at least fairly short compared to how long they become later. Yeah, I, I think Kingdom Hearts 3 has the best gummy ship mechanics, but it, the levels are too long and sometimes annoyingly difficult. And there's also just too much content 
to do with the gummy ship, which I did all of because I'm a crazy person. (sighs) (laughs) Let's talk about the plot of this game. So chronologically, I I think I'm, I guess I'm wrong about this. When I was preparing the outline, I I was like almost positive that chronologically this is the game is second after birth by sleep and partially overlaps with 358 over two days. But that is not true. Aaron. No, it's not. Well, um, no, isn't it though? A tiny bit. I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, so there Be- yeah. because after Sora becomes a heartless later, doesn't that kick off three? And we're getting our head ours. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the first game that came out, just for everyone's, you know, if you've made it this far, yeah. maybe you play the game, maybe you haven't. Um, this is the first game that ever came out. I would recommend playing this one first, despite the fact that it is not chronologically first. Yeah, no. If you oh, start, absolutely. Yeah, if you start with Birth by Sleep, you may kind of pick up what's going on. God help you if you start with three five eight over two days. <laughs> Birth by Sleep is pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I would say after number one, it's my second favorite in the series. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I it, I never played Birth by Sleep when it first came out. I had to wait till like the PS3 remaster of it, and then I was able to finally play it. And it was actually it was it was pretty good. I really liked it. So, what I, is zero point two Birth by Sleep Fragmentary Passage? It, it's in <sighs> that bundle that came out just before Kingdom Hearts Three, where they remastered the 3DS game Dream Drop Distance, but they threw in this zero point two birth by sleep passage like fragmentary passage game as sort of a way to help i i think they said it was to help make kingdom hearts 3 make more sense so they didn't have to backtrack a lot in that game story-wise don't know if that helped so i (laughs) doubt it i didn't even i have the collection i didn't even know it was on there or i Um, or i did and i just ignored it I will say before Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, it was a it was a very cool um, like proof of concept of what 3 would be like in terms of how it looked and how it played and how it moved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. But now as this weird relic, like you don't really need to go back and play it. No. Yeah. Not really. Just watch the clips on YouTube and then yeah. you're good. So the game begins with our main character, Sora. He's dreaming and he enters the dive to the heart. We'll explain what that is in a second. But first, tell me who Sora is. Yeah, Dave, why don't you why don't you field that one? Who is Sora? What's he like? Oh gosh. It's um, like a pop quiz that no one wants yeah. to, to have. Yeah, Sora. I mean, he's he's a boy who lives on Destiny Islands with his best friends, Riku and Kairi. And, and that's it. Yeah, that's about it. Like about he, it. he loves Do his you, friends and yeah. Would yeah. you say he agrees with the statement friends good? Yeah. Would you say agrees with the statement hearts good? <laughs> yes. Does like what's his favorite food? Does he have any siblings? What are his quirky you, personality traits? You don't know. He's just kind of <laughs> he's, he's kind of like a blank slate when you start off with him. It's like Riku and Kairi have more personality than he does. Sora's just the one that tags along. And he's just there. Yeah, I think that never changes for the whole series. I would say that the entire time, the only thing that you know about him is that he wants to be with his friends. Yeah. So you would think throughout the scope of the series, he has several things that probably should deeply change him. And they don't. No, they don't. (laughs) They just don't. They don't. The writers just didn't care about writing the character of Sora. He just kind of reacts like a lot of anime characters would react. (laughs) Um, I. 
you know, but that said, I will say that this game has some just touching moments. Like it's, it's really about a boy who loses his friends and just wants to be with them again, which if you boil it down to that, it's actually very, it's kind of touching and it's very sweet. And I, I acknowledge that while also heavily criticizing this game. Fair. Yeah. Um, so the dive to the heart is the weirdly named tutorial area. It's a world within a dream at this very like stained glassy environment. And this is where we mentioned you can, you know, choose like a weapon um, or like a sword shield or rod, which will determine whether you will be attack focused, defense focused or magic focused. And again, that kind of determines Sora's initial states and ability growth. So if you like it, for example, if you pick up the sword, Sora will learn more strength based abilities before defensive and magic focused ones. I, every time I play the game, I pick sword. What about you guys? Um, yeah, I pick sword. Uh, I have done magic playthroughs um, and those weird questions that Titus and Waka and Selfie ask you can determine uh, how fast you level up. Like you can set it to level up quickly near the beginning and then your level slow near the end. I think it's actually fun to pick magic and then to pick the leveling up really fast. Oh, um, yeah. Because it gives Sora a bunch of MP really quickly. And then as you unlock spells, it's pretty fun to just like blow people away and have the MP to back it up. See, I usually I usually picked def- like defense as my first one, and then I would huge. I think I picked magic as the one that's like that doesn't grow as much because <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to charge right into battle and just start swinging and not die. So I yeah. just wanted the best defense. There's probably some personality tests that they could give based on what what people do that's, in these situations. That's like, very true. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I would say in all of these kind of like, and not that Kingdom Hearts is necessarily like, I wouldn't really call it a hack and slash, but it has elements of it. And mm-hmm. I, in, in hack and slash games, or even in like Dark Souls games, things like that, I am so much more offensive focused. Like, I'll just take hits. I don't care about defense. I just want to be as powerful as I can fast fighting and so i always gravitate towards gravitate towards this kind of option whenever it's available and yeah. maybe that means uh, i'm a serial killer or something <laughs> um i think it speaks to patience because i have several friends that are very they're they're better souls players than i am because everything is very like considered and they think about what they're doing all the time and i'm just more kind of like dave like jump in and press xxx um but if it's also magic like hey let's get some pretty colors up in there and some fire yeah Yeah. true so after kind of going through this tutorial area and i think sort of fight some heartless and things like that and we'll explain what those are in a second uh this this area the whole stained glass image like imagery it's it's my favorite it's it's really cool yeah like i love all the stained glass of like the princesses and all that it's so cool. It I've seen cool. online people uh, like on Etsy, you can buy like people will make those stained glass windows or make yeah. like, pieces. Oh. And I, I've been real tempted. Uh, yeah, it is really iconic. And in a yeah. lot of the promotional imagery for the game and even like some of I think maybe even the box art, there are like variations on this type of imagery. It's just mm-hmm. all throughout this game for the entire series. It's very cool. And they yeah. kind of throw you right in. And so, I, I mean, now even now i'm i think it's cool but back then i was blown away Mm -hmm. um so sora is swallowed by darkness and he appears on destiny islands what are destiny islands 
how do they feed themselves? Where, well, where are their parents? Well, so it's vaguely implied that their parents are on, like the town, quote unquote, is on an island close by. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right? Isn't that what they establish? I don't remember. I don't because remember. Because they have to, no, they have to take a raft to go home for dinner, remember? And then Sora's mom for like one second is like, hey, Sora, time for dinner. And, but we never see her. I honestly don't remember anything and then, and about then he's, him, he's his look, parents. He's, he's looking out the window of his bedroom and he like sees the island off in the distance. Aaron, so, are you sure the same is, game, guys? Is this not a dream you had? No, Maybe this you is had real. a dream. Do you remember this, Dave? Like he, they take the raft to go home because they're like, we got to get back home. Um, and then Sora is laying in bed and his mom says, Sora, time for dinner, but you don't see her. She's off screen. And then he looks out the window and sees Destiny Island and how like dark and cloudy it's getting. This is a perfect it's, opportunity to gaslight Aaron. This I, well, like, I don't know if this is like a Mandela effect thing or something, because I'm trying to remember it. And I no, remember I, it. I, I do think you're right, Aaron. The, the whole right. Sora, it's time for dinner. Like we hear someone yell that, but we don't see yeah. them at all. Yeah. But it's again kind of a testament to these games that all three of us have probably combined play this play this at like 10 to 20 times and we don't remember okay well, aaron remembers there is a video there is a video on youtube called uh sora's mom however okay. when i was searching for sora it's time for dinner it immediately auto-completed the many variations of sora it's supper <laughs> <laughs> which i love um, okay. So Sora occupies this island with two of his friends, Riku and Kairi, uh, and a couple other people as well. Uh, Riku and Kairi are his best friends, I guess. Uh, uh, well, also, we should point out that um, Sora means water, uh, Riku yes. means earth, and Kairi means wind. So they're kind of meant to be like a trio. Yes. Yeah. Um, what we learn about them is that they want to leave the islands and explore the rest of the world. It sounds like this is a pretty terrible place to, to be and they're sick of it and they want to get out of here. Yeah. Um, so there are various activities you can do on the islands. Uh, you can find these items to get a raft to try to leave the island. You can practice your fighting against Titus, Selfie, Waka, and Riku. Um, um, were any of these uh, anyone's favorite over the others? Because I definitely did all of them numerous times. I, I did too. I don't know if I have a favorite. I think I like selfies the best uh, or wakas because you can guard to hit, use guard or attack their own attacks back at them in a really fun way. Like you uh, can smack waka with his own ball. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, liked, yeah. I liked facing against waka the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at night, these shadowy creatures called heartless attack. They are emotionless physical manifestations of the darkness in people's hearts. I think I got that from a wiki. It doesn't sound like something that I would have come up with on my own. No. The, okay. The really, really, really confusing thing about all of these is that heartless or not heartless heartless are the disembodied hearts of people yes it's very stupid very stupid yeah heartlesses are hearts yes but they so they are not without hearts they are hearts they're like therefore they are not heartless yeah they're like they should be called dark hearts not heartless yeah and that's kingdom hearts one everyone thanks for tuning in (laughs) see you next week with all of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, God. oh my God! Hey, don't don't make promises we yeah, can't necessarily right. keep. Um, right. So uh, Riku 
voluntarily goes through like a shadowy portal because he's got a dark side guys yeah well they're all like hey let's leave the island but he in like a very shonen manga way is like i must leave the island and like <laughs> won't tell why and is being very mysterious there it's a very uh it's very big trope of like the good guy become or like a friend of the good guy is like the anti-hero who seeks a greater power and is easily manipulated against his friends you know he's got a little bit of um a little bit of uh, i don't know i can't can't think of a good comparison he's got a little bit of togoro in him and that he seeks a greater power from evil people yeah he's he's got a real harry potter in him Oh, um, and he tries to and he tries to have Sora come with him. He's like, Sora, come with me. And Sora's like, no, not the shadows. Well, this is obviously Sora's opportunity to get rid of his competition for Kyrie. That's true. That is true. <laughs> Which is explains all of Sora's actions in the game is that Sora is a budding teenager and he has needs. Well, what I think is cool, though, is as Rico is in this like well of shadows kind of reaching for him. Um, Sora is like, no, no, no. But what Sora manifests instead is this bright light and he gets the keyblade. So yes. it's almost like in this moment, both of their paths are kind of very visually represented. Yes. Thank you for finding the positive in this moment. Listen, I, I can rattle off Kingdom Hearts 1 stuff all day. I love it. I expect yeah. you to do it because I'll forget a lot. Um, so Sora finds Kyrie by a door in a cave. The door opens. And when Sora awakens, Kyrie is gone. And Sora ends up in a lovely little original place called Traverse Town, and I or Traverse Town, however you want to say it. And I and I didn't say that sarcastically. It is a very neat area. And this is one of the few unique areas to this game, along with Destiny Islands, that are not tied to any Disney or Final Fantasy property. Yeah, we can camp on that for a second. But Let's tell do us, it. Tell us what's going on elsewhere. Well, so meanwhile, we have we meet King Mickey, which. Very jarring, despite the fact that I knew Disney would be in this game from just, you know, the box art. But like, for some reason, when like cut over to to Mickey, Donald and Goofy, I was like, whoa, we're really doing some crazy shit. Like it's gotten real all of a sudden. Like I was excited for Disney integration and now it's like full force ready to go. And I was very intrigued and very confused. Um, Mickey is nervous about the power of darkness growing in the world, and he has gone somewhere to do something and instructed Donald and Goofy to find the key, something that they take extremely literally for most of the game. Um, they take the gummy ship and end up in Traverse Town, where they eventually meet Sora. Yeah. Yeah. Did I miss anything? No, there's a lot of, in all of these games, a lot of like, should have been three sentences problems. It's like the um, the beware of Crimson Peak. Like if that was one sentence, <laughs> two more sentences would have fixed everything. Like like King Mickey, find the key. Two more sentences would have fixed everything. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. It's it's a lot of that in this game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree uh, with you, James, that Traverse Town for being an original creation, not by Disney itself, but by Square. Like, I think it looks like a brilliantly realized Disney space. Great um, music, too. Great music, yeah. Fits, all the people fit into a very Disney aesthetic. They're they're almost like in that kind of like um, Little Mermaid, um, Beauty and the Beast time period with their clothes. Um, it's just like, it's a very cute world. 
Um, and we meet some Final Fantasy characters here, which again, I was already as a kid picking up the Final Fantasy theming uh, with Destiny Island, but I was so, so, so excited to meet these characters. Tell us more about them. And what I guess what we do here. <laughs> Well, so Sora doesn't know where he is. Um, he is with Donald and Goofy, and he has the Keyblade. Um, he is confronted. Uh, He's not with by... them yet. Not, not to start. Oh, that's right. That's right. He wakes up yeah. by himself in an alley with Pluto. That's right. Pluto. Pluto. Uh, he confronts Leon, um, who is Squall from Final Fantasy VIII, but he's going by Leon here for really stupid reasons. Um, voiced by uh, Angel's David Boreanaz. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Sora's voiced by Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Leon challenges him to a little scuffle, which is fun. I don't think you have to win. You can lose. Yeah. Um, but it's fun in this fight to uh, swipe his fireballs back at him. Um, he brings you to his cohorts, who are Sid and Yuffie and Aerith from Final Fantasy VII. Um, and they're a little band uh, that come from the same world, and they are trying to fight the Heartless. Um, and then a man named Ansem um, has been studying the Heartless and studying darkness. We hear Ansem's yeah. name dropped many times throughout the story. We don't really get a ton more information about him until later in the game, and almost by then it's like, too late i mean yeah. like the the game just like plummets off a cliff and i don't mean quality i just mean in terms of like how quickly things like can escalate or just like how much much they're throwing at you at once there eventually yeah. there's a lot of information to digest in a very short amount of time um yeah, yeah. and so yeah. uh donald and goofy are in traverse town because they are following the king's instructions to follow the key they uh find sora uh and he has a giant key um so, so they follow him they figure they, they need to follow him yeah and also i just want to add because we keep mentioning just donald and goofy but there's actually a third character with them <gasps> yeah. jiminy cricket oh You're right forgetting yeah. about him he's yeah. so small it's hard to remember I know. <laughs> and, he, and he only pops up every now and then to like add a little something like when the when Sora, Donald, and Goofy can't remember something, he'll be like, "No, guys, don't you remember? We have to go here." And then they're like, "Oh yeah." Well, you're also, absolutely right. I'm glad you remembered him because also he serves like gameplay purposes too. Yeah. Because in Jiminy's journal, you get there's a bunch of stuff. Like you can look up how many do or uh, dominoes you've collected. You can look up like all different stuff in Jiminy's journal. And I actually think um, dominoes. Jiminy, Jiminy Johns, Jiminy, Jiminy Johns, Jimmy John sandwich. <laughs> What? Um, Dalmatians? No, the, Dalmatians. I say dominoes. Yeah, he said well, dominoes. Well, and his and his journal it proves to be a part of the main story in yeah, future sequels. That's what I was gonna say. They, they, you know, circle back around to it, like mattering in a really interesting way. Yeah, with Domino's yeah. Pizza. <laughs> Uh, so Sora does run into Donald and Goofy. They fight some Heartless together and they agree to, to work together to find uh, Mickey, Riku, and Kairi, driven again, all of them singularly by the desire to find their friends and not driven by friendship because later Goofy and D Donald just stab Sora in the back because he doesn't have a key anymore. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. So Sora and Donald and Goofy begin to travel uh, via gummy ship to various Disney worlds. Um, Meanwhile, we meet Maleficent, Sleeping Beauty Maleficent, which again, I knew what I was signing up, what I was signing up for for Disney, but yet even the first like other like Disney property presence, I was like, what the hell is happening right now? And I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, 
Maleficent and other Disney villains are trying to capture the seven princesses of heart who are various princesses. Well, most of which are various princesses from various Disney properties in hopes of unlocking a keyhole to the titular kingdom hearts. And who are all the other villains? Yes. All the other villains that you'll meet in the, in these worlds. And the wiki calls kingdom hearts, a repository of knowledge and power and the source of all hearts. Again, something I could have never described on my own. No, no. Um, I think this is a really cool moment when you see them all at the table and some of them are obscured by shadow. Yes, I love it. You can kind of see their shape and hear some of their voices and you're like, I know that's Ursula. I can't quite see her, but I know it. Um, The only one that I always have been puzzled by and I am to this day is Oogie Boogie because isn't he just a sentient sack of bugs? Yes. Like, I don't know how he is. I mean, yeah. It's strange. It's it's Disney. It doesn't have to make yeah, sense. That's true. Yeah, I, I, one of the coolest moments. I love that the game teases what you're going to see mm-hmm. uh, throughout the game. Um, very very exciting. Yeah, um, yeah. But I also like a lot of the. I don't know about you guys, but some of the places I wanted to go, very badly, um, were not like the first level you start with. And so, like I must admit, as much as I enjoy Alice in Wonderland. Uh, I was not like thrilled for that to be the first area of the game, but that's yeah. very being very nitpicky as a as a kid, I guess. Um, yeah. Think one thing to add before we get into the to these Disney worlds. So Maleficent has convinced Riku to help her because he thinks that she will help him find Kyrie because he's a stupid little boy who's easily manipulated because she, she brainwashes him to convince him that Sora doesn't care about him. She kind of does that throughout the story, and it works effortlessly. Uh, and Riku eventually finds Kairi's body, but her heart is gone. I do not remember when that happens throughout the course of the game. Well, presumably, at least in my read of it, Maleficent always had Kairi, like her. her oh, oh I think you're right. I think like as soon as she got sucked into darkness or whatever. Yeah, because and didn't they have some of the princesses already captured at this point, or is that a little later on? I, I think they, I think they did. Well, I think they had some of them because uh, they said like their worlds disappeared and like yeah. they were now in later games, they're dreaming worlds. Cause like, I think they already had Cinderella. Yeah, and that's I why, think like, they had world. Cinderella, uh, Princess Aurora and Snow White. Yeah. I think they had those three. Yeah. 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 All right. So for each one of these Disney worlds, we're going to talk kind of generally about what they are and how they fit into the context of the game. We might mention some like fun things we liked about each one of them and kind of you do revisit uh, Traverse Town and like once or twice before kind of you get to the end of the game. The end of the game doesn't have any of those Disney locations. And I think we'll talk. I don't remember if you have to do them in a specific order, but the order I looked that they were listed and when I looked up the list of them is the exact order of, of like always done them in. Um, I don't know about yeah. you guys. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much. I've done the same path. Um, every world has a different star rating. Um, and so they're supposed to correspond to difficulty. Like for example, you could go to deep jungle first or no, I'm sorry. You could go to Olympus Coliseum or deep jungle after beating Alice in Wonderland. But, um, I believe deep jungle has a lower star rating and Olympus Coliseum is a little bit tougher if you're jumping in right from Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there yeah. is some variability if you want it, but I tend to follow the order in the outline, which is kind of just the order of like one star to all the way to 10. Yeah. Stars or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the first area is Wonderland, um, which is, it starts out pretty neat because I think it does start you in a, like a tiny that like, you know, the room where she eats food and dr- drinks things to turn big and small mm-hmm. and the room will change accordingly. And it, the rest of the area is pretty much just like kind of like the courtyard where the queen of hearts was. And then also the like just surrounding forest, a lot of like fungi and things like that around. And it's, yeah, yeah Dave, go ahead. Describe, no, I was going to yeah, say, more. and there is like the tea party room, but the Mad Hatter and the March Hare aren't there for some reason. I don't know why they didn't put them in this game, but um, they're just like cardboard cutouts or something sitting at the table. But yeah, other than that, it's, yeah, the Queen's Courtyard, Forest, and yeah, those other areas. So. Yeah. Well, what's weird too is every world kind of gives you a sl- very slim down version of that, you know, movie's plot and then puts Sora into it. And I think it's very strange that the part of Alice in Wonderland they use as the like centerpiece is the plot is that Alice has quote unquote stolen the queen's heart. And so you have to go find evidence to like be her lawyer. <laughs> like it's very really odd. Weird. Like of all the Alice in Wonderland stuff they could have done. I think it's very strange. Also uh, the forest is very abstracted to be actually a very small space. It is dense. They do a lot with it, but it's a very small, small space. And I loved Alice in Wonderland growing up uh, that movie when I was a kid. So to see those really cool spaces all just like smashed into this cube was kind of disappointing. Yeah, well, that's kind of what they do with most of these areas. I guess I only noticed it as much with this one. Okay. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That's true. Because the like the Tarzan level, I didn't really care about at all. But that one felt a little bigger. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think this and Monstro are probably the two smallest. Yeah, I would say that's right. Um, so you fight a the, the heartless boss. I mean, I, I I do not remember as much about like the individual like man, the minutia of like each subplot that takes place in these games. So feel free to to jump in and add something or correct me if I'm wrong. But eventually, you fight this heartless boss named the Trickmaster. Um, mm-hmm. The keyhole. Uh, well, what? Why are you trying to find the keyholes? We, we should probably explain that. Um, yeah. What What is the purpose of these keyholes in each in each area? Well, it's because in each world, they've been opened up to the darkness, I believe. And that's why the Heartless are showing up. Right. And with Sora's big ass key, he has to go and close them up so that the Heartless don't appear anymore. But it doesn't quite make sense to me because even after he like closes the world, they're the still there, still yeah. appears, and so. they never explain that. No, but no, they don't have to. No. Also, well, also if they close a world, part of it is the world should not be connected to each other. Right. So closing the keyhole disconnects it from their other worlds, but not on the world map. <laughs> yeah, you can still go there with yeah. your magical gummy ship. Yeah. Um, we find out Alice is a princess of heart. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we're on our way to Olympus Coliseum, yeah. which I, I was very excited about. I was actually a little bummed there wasn't more that it was so central to Olympus Coliseum, like the actual Coliseum itself. It's not like a big, like a bigger world. And so I was really happy with what they did with Kingdom Hearts 3 because Hercules is one of my all-time favorite Disney movies. Yeah. Well, and with this world, like with each sequel, they expanded on it a little bit more. So it's like this one's yeah. just the Coliseum 
number two introduced the underworld and then the third one introduced mount olympus so that was pretty cool yeah so it's pretty simple areas divided really into like a main courtyard and the Coliseum itself. For the purposes of the main story, uh, you kind of meet Phil and Phil has you take part in this tournament at the end of which you fight Cloud, I believe. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And you also fight Cerberus. And we, okay, so the one thing that I want to mention is there's a cut scene that I recall where Hades is like saying very ominous things to Cloud and it's very odd. Like, I don't know if he's trying to get him to like kill Sora, but I feel like that's not revisited at all. But it, it like, but it, it has this kind of dramatic like nature that made me feel like it was going to be super important to something that happens later in the game. And it's not. Well, what's really weird is that the way Hades is talking is insinuating that Cloud is working for him to yes. bring back someone who died, who he loves, which presumably is Aerith, who's just like fine hanging out at a yeah, hotel. Yeah, she, she's and alive and he town. has no idea. Yeah, it's, yeah, so I also never really understood that. I think they just wanted Cloud to be in the game, but then just don't put Aerith. There's a bunch of like put Ceres, put there's a bunch of put Terra. You know, you could have used a different Final Fantasy character. Right. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, Tara. I would have like that. That's that would have been great. That's a complaint. Where are the Final Fantasy VI yeah. characters? Yeah. <laughs> um. So some here again, like you do this tournament. There's a lot of content here that we're not going to go into all of, and a lot of which like gets you various different keyblades. Um. There are other tournaments to do. You can fight Hades. There's some like secret bosses. Some really like some super bosses that you can fight here as well. Um. And they're like, I think you have to revisit Olympus Coliseum at least you can revisit at least two times or at least for the completing the story. And you can only close the keyhole after you complete two story related tournaments. And then again, there are bonus tournaments that unlock a lot of things. Do you guys want to talk about the Keyblades at all or maybe a synopsis of just kind of what is unique? I mean, I guess Keyblades in general, each one of them kind of has certain stats and things that it boosts. Some are more like it boosts your attack, some of which boost your magic power things like that i again i always opted for the ones that just boost your attack power every time i play the game yeah um, so there's a lot of keyblades key in this game that i've never used i i've done that before too but again i'm telling you uh you should try playing um magic build with leveling up fast and then pick keyblades that have the highest mp boost and they're typically very short and they do a lot of high physical damage. Okay. But you could just, you know, hang out from the back and just blast magic at people, which I think is very fun. So uh, mm-hmm. I had not used a lot of those um, keyblades that there's like the magic one you get from the fairy godmother. Um, there's the Geppetto one you get that I think is very magic focused that otherwise I would never use. Um, <laughs> so different ones like that. Um, so the next we're off to... The deep jungle is, is what it's called, the, the world of Tarzan. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about this one. Does someone else want to take the lead on it? I mean, it's, it's, I'm very uninterested in Tarzan in general. Um, so I, yeah. you know. Well, yeah. when I remember when I first played this game, and then once you beat deep jungle, for some reason in my head, I thought some of the other princesses would just be like the female characters from those worlds. So when Jane isn't a princess of heart, I was like, oh, why is, why is Alice one, but Jane's not? And then that just kind of messed with my 
brain a little bit because I was because I was I knew what some of the worlds were like Nightmare Before Christmas. I thought Sally was going to be one. I like I don't I don't know some of the other character. It, I don't get the whole Princess of Heart. No, thing. Like, yeah, what? as as you were saying it, Dave, I had the exact same thing when I played it the first time. I also got very confused by, yeah, I guess Jane isn't. I don't know, you know, and there's really no one in Hercules yet that's going to be the Princess of Heart. I was, I was like, mm-hmm. well, maybe Meg will show up. Um, yeah, she doesn't. He does not. It's really upsetting, especially because yeah. I think Megra is one of the best female characters in Disney movies. Yeah, she's, she's great. Um, with the deep jungle in general I just remember I didn't like this level because they would tell you like oh we need to go to this area and sometimes it just got confusing where you were supposed to go because it would be like you need to go to this part of the jungle well how do I get there and then it's next thing you know it's just like this little black circle in the corner of this room that you had to go through and i I don't know. It seemed confusing to me as a kid. Yeah, I was not really a fan of it. And I think I had similar confusion. I yeah. uh, I did find it confusing. I just appreciated that um, it had a lot of like movement modes. Like you could swim mm-hmm. through the water. Uh, you can swing from vines. There's like this tree trunk mini game where you slide down at like Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Um, that is fun. Yeah. So yeah, for those things, yeah. I, I liked it. And I thought um, in terms of verticality, it's, I would say the most vertical world, which is a good and a bad thing. Cause if you're trying to get from point A to point B, Dave, like you said, especially if you fall down from trying to catch a vine and you have to oh. climb all the way back up, yep. it is, it is a real bummer. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you have boss fights against Sabor, Saber, I don't remember his name, Saber, Saber, yeah. uh, and Clayton. Um, the keyhole is behind a waterfall in a cave with these very beautiful blue butterflies. Sometimes mm-hmm. the keyholes make sense, like in Alice in Wonderland, and sometimes they're just like, Oh, look at this beautiful spot. And then sometimes, like in other levels, it'll be like, It's in a rock over here. I feel like there's like no reason. Nomura was like, had the same attitude that Aaron and I have when we come up with our Kingdom Hearts corner keyhole solutions, where it's like, Fuck, we really dug ourselves into a hole with this one. I don't know. Just put it somewhere, put it behind a waterfall. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so we're off to Traverse Town again. Um, here you can do some more like random tasks. You can take various items, fairy godmother, Leon, Sid, and Merlin. I mean, this kind of stuff unlocks new items, keyblades, all things like that. There's some heartless bosses you can fight. And now you can lock the Traverse Town keyhole, which is located in the fountain in the second area of the game. Um, and that also at this time, Sid explains to you that you now have access to new areas, which again, exciting to see what Disney places you're going to get to go next. Um, and for those interested, he will sell you a bunch of different gummies now. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was not interested at all. No, I, I did not go down that route. No, Do oh, you, I, I sold out his shop of gummies real quick. Do you now have access to every other area in the game or is there one more time where you have to come back to? There's, you have there's to come. one more time. Yeah. No, I think there's two. I think there's no, two between I think, uh, the last area and the second to last. I area. think the next one, the, now you have access to Hundred Acre Wood, Agrabah, Monstro, and Atlantica. And then the last one is like Halloween Town and Neverland or something like that. Yeah. Maybe. Who cares? Yes. <laughs> um, we'll just talk about these kind of in the order yeah. we have in the outline, but you can really do some of them in, in, in any order. So Hundred Acre Wood is less of like a 
uh, like a traditional level in this game and more of just this optional mini game world where you can play various games, collect various items, get useful upgrades. It's it's not really remotely difficult at all, but it does have a keyhole. Um, again, this is just kind of a cute way to hang out with Pooh and all of his all of his friends. Uh, I, I enjoyed it despite its mind numbing uh, simplicity. <laughs> um, it, but so the keyhole is the lock on the front of the book because that's how you get into this world. You have to you travel like into the book uh, and you lock the book um, using your keyblade and that will add an illustration of Sora on the cover with Pooh, which is very adorable. I love it. Also, uh, I, so I think this is designed to, this world is designed for you to go back every once in a while when you yes. collect a page and kind of play through the little mini game you get. Um, me as a as a kid was like, nope, I'm just powering through this this whole world. Yep. And I just did every single page when I collected them all and did it in one go. And I've kind of tried to do that with Hundred Acre Wood in every game that features it. But now only as like an adult, am I like, let me actually try and do this as intended. <laughs> I do it the same way that you yeah. originally did it every time. I just want to, I just power through it. It is kind of fun though to give yourself just these little mini game breaks. I think, which I, yeah. I, I think was the original intention. Yeah, I will. I will add um, when you said it's not remotely difficult. That honey tree mini game. Yeah, you're you're right. You're that you're is, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's the only one out of all of them where it. I had to play that a few times before completing it. It is awful. You are you're very right about that. I I completely <laughs> forgot. Maybe traumatized. Um, <laughs> it, it was such trauma. Uh, it's horrible. It's awful. Yeah. Because because those bees, it's like you got to time it just right, and if you miss, then you fall to the bottom, and then you lose. And if it's I remember, horrible. it has this really annoying music too that you have to hear for way too long. Oh yeah. It's like they, they, don't, they don't even take like the entirety of the classic Wendy the Pooh's like the da na na na. No, 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 no. Like they just play like that over and over and over oh, again. There's yeah. more music from Winnie the Pooh and they just don't play it. It's I, I actually I will say, I think I didn't have this in one of my like doesn't works, but I do think the music does get a little repetitive as good as some of the music really is in some of these Disney levels. If you're there for too long, I think I, the like, loops, like in Wonderland, I felt like I was going mad. The loops. Are, <laughs> hey. um, the uh, the loops are just too short, like you said, like yeah. instead of being the full Winnie the Pooh song, it's kind of like the da, 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 da part, like kind of over and over and over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next area we have listed is Agrabah, which I'm going to ask you guys, is this the biggest area in the game? The biggest Disney area in the game? It I think it felt be. the biggest because. And maybe think, it's just because you get to go to so many more locations. There's I more think, variation. I think if you were to look at square footage, I think Atlantica would technically be the biggest. Oh, yeah, oh, you're right. But in terms of around. traveling on foot, I would say probably, oh, no. Oh, yeah, Disney World. Yeah, I would say Disney World, Agrabah is probably the biggest. Yeah, Halloween Town might be the yeah. second, like, biggest traveling on foot-wise. Um, yeah. I, Agrabah was very excited about. I, this is one of my favorite areas in the whole game. Um You got downtown Agrabah. You, got, you can go to Aladdin's house within Agrabah. You can go into the desert. You can go to the Cave of Wonders, like outside the Cave of Wonders and in the Cave of Wonders. And the way that they kind of follow the plot is you end up going to the Cave of Wonders, fighting the Cave of Wonder- Wonders like Guardian, the, what is it, a tiger or something? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. 
And then you end up in the Cave of Wonders. Eventually, when you reach the end, you fight Jafar and then Genie Jafar. Both really fun fights. Very fun fights. Um, the Keyblade is Three Wishes. I think that is a magic-based one, if I had to guess. No, I think it's a balance between maybe magic and attack, but we're not going to look it up. Um, were, were we being sarcastic about the Jafar fights? No. It, it was a pain trying to hit that parrot holding the lamp oh yeah i do remember i think on recency bias it's like not hard anymore but i think you're right. right that was hard it was hard at first especially like if i remember like the floor changes a little bit and yeah the bird yeah it's and it just keeps there's these like three too. platforms that come up and down i think and you have to like get onto the right platform and then hit him hey guys hey guys can i unlock it for you um, if you have magic, just target uh, Iago <laughs> with blizzard spells. I'm serious. Target him with the blizzard no, spells. you're right. Those will, like, uh, wreck yeah. him. And then he, you can hit him from far away and run up and smack him. I'm telling you, if I muster the strength to, play, to replay this game again in the next decade, I'm probably going to end up doing attack it again because re- I just... No, honestly, you're, you're that, right. Like, it really, like, spices up. It changes the game re- plan. You are right. I really yeah. should do it. Yeah, um, I, I didn't think of that. Yeah. So let's now talk about probably the two worst levels in the game. Could we maybe agree on that? I I strongly disagree, but okay. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I disagree about one of them. Okay, yeah, which one? one? Monstro? I I like Monstro. I like Atlantica. <laughs> oh my! Oh. I so hate them look both. At this. Look at this. This is why we have guests. This is this look, is great. This is, yeah. this is great. Well, then yeah. you guys can take the lead on these because I. I dislike both of them. I think Monstro is the Jabu Jabu's belly of this game. It's uh, super repetitive. Yeah. I mean, and I don't just mean that because you're inside a fish. Uh, <laughs> it's because the inside of a fish is extremely um, uninspired from a visual standpoint. Um, yeah, but I, I don't. And I might be a little biased because I love the movie Pinocchio. I do, so, too. Yeah. Um, but For the record. I, so I was. this is disappointing to me. I mean... It, it was, but it also was kind of cool because how you get to Monstro, he's not like on the field that you click on right away. You're traveling to like Atlantica or might even be Agrabah. It's one of the two. I forget. I think it switches. And he shows up while you're flying in the gummy ship and eats you. So it kind of came as a surprise when you're first playing it. You're like, oh my God, it's Monstro. And then he eats you and then you're in this new world yeah and i don't know i thought it was really cool the anatomy of monstro doesn't make much sense (laughs) because because if i remember and and i had to like look this up to make sure but it's like to get to his like to get to the mouth you well you start off in the mouth but there's some places where anatomy wise it doesn't make sense like you have to go up to you have to go down or up to get to his throat or something i don't know it monstro feels like he's got a lot of pulsating orbs inside yeah. of him that keep yes. him alive and i don't know what any of them do i i don't know either but i mean yeah. the whole point with monstro is riku shows up and they're he's trying to kidnap pinocchio because they want to exp- like study him because they're like <laughs> how can this puppet have a heart like, how can this be? This is ridiculous, even though it's like, it's it's magic. He got it from a fairy. What what yeah. more do you want? So that's basically the whole 
deal with Monstro. And one thing that I looked up, which I didn't realize is you can skip this level and complete like all the other ones, like Neverland and all that, and then come back to it. And some of the cutscenes change because- Really? Yeah, oh. because Riku, he's now in like Hollow Bastion, like the one of the final levels. Mm-hmm. So this, the cutscenes change a little bit. So sometimes it's just Pinocchio, just like running away from Sora or hmm. Riku might show up for a little bit but he doesn't ah. really say anything. I thought it was so interesting. And That's I found crazy. that out recently. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. But I mean, it's this this level is basically Jabu Jabu's belly. Like there's even a part where Pinocchio gets eaten by the heartless monster and he's in a cage and you have to free him. And I mean, once you're done with it, though, then Geppetto and Pinocchio set up shop in Traverse Town, and Geppetto gives you gummy ship items, which I never used. So he, sh- he sure does. So yeah, I do think I'm being, and as I've been reflecting a little bit, and also hearing your love for this, and maybe this will happen with Atlantica, Aaron. No, no offense to you if it doesn't. I still think <laughs> I hate that level. Like I think I you're. I think I I do like Monstro more than I like Deep Jungle. Um. Because at least Monstro has a couple, like some creative elements of it. I think I was just disappointed that, you know, you don't get an opportunity to, you know, go beat up on Stromboli or something, you know, <laughs> like you, you, you don't um, get the what's the what's the other guy's what's the fox's name? Honest John. I don't. Honest I want to. I want to beat up Honest John with a keyblade. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, too, this area is the first area if you haven't been to Halloween Town, town yet to feature the Ghost Heartless which just kind of implies yeah. that a bunch of people die in um, <laughs> Monstro's belly. Are you saying the Kingdom Hearts lore is deeper than we've ever given it credit for? Moving on to Atlantica. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, God. Take it, Aaron. So, Good boss yeah. fight, I'll say. So yeah, so Atlantica uh, from the movie Little Mermaid, uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy have to transform themselves to be able to uh, blend in with the people of this world. Um, because of course, Atlantica is all underwater. Um, while Atlantica represented in some other Kingdom Hearts levels will feature above land areas, um, this is all underwater. So Sora and crew quickly meet uh, Ariel and uh, her little friend Flounder. And uh, it's essentially the story of Little Mermaid plays out. She wants to know about other worlds in this case, not Prince Eric, but she, same idea. She wants to leave and like see what the world up above is like. Um, King Triton does not like that. And of course, Ursula is kind of playing them um, off of each other. Um, the entire area is full of these like larger caverns, like big open caverns and then smaller connecting tunnels. Um, and you are swimming uh, in this level, which is accomplished by using the circle or square buttons to go up and down. Yeah, it's very um, odd. And then it's awful. You, well, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. One, I just, I, as a kid, like Little Mermaid and Alice in Wonderland were like the two Disney movies I could just watch again and again and again and again and again. So I was obsessed with Little Mermaid. Love Ariel, who, by the way, is a great party member to uh, have for this world. Uh, True. Of Donald. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love Little Mermaid and I just love being able to explore that area. I think what really helps the swimming is if instead of manually using square and circle, if you use lock on as Ariel, will, or I'm sorry, Sora will automatically 
ascend and descend to mm. go to lockdown points, which to me makes it bearable. I, especially now as an adult, having played uh, video games with way superior swimming systems, it feels very old and clunky. But as a, as a kid, I just worked around it and got comfortable with it. And then, yeah, just if you use a lock-on, it's not the end of the world. Hmm. Uh, but tell us about the boss fight, because it is fun. It's very fun. I mean, you're fighting Ursula. I guess I don't, I don't remember beat by beat the mechanics of it, but it's a fun... I, it, I felt like it wasn't mechanically frustrating yeah, to, so to fight. You fight her twice. The first time you fight her is oh, in that's the right. cave when she's small. That one's actually really fun. She casts a spell on her cauldron and you have to cast a spell of the corresponding color. So like blue for blizzard, red for fire, etc., to interrupt the spell and make it like blow up in her face. Um, and then you can attack her. And then you can also attack the eels that are floating around. And then the last uh, fight with her is at the very end where she becomes giant Ursula with the trident. Um, so you literally you basically go, are beating up her mouth. You, yeah, you literally oh, go God. and smack her mouth and nose. Um, and this fight's like fun, but very annoying because these kind of all-encompassing lightning attacks will come out of nowhere. Um, and you can easily get stuck behind like the folds of her neck, which has happened to me multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. This, that fight when she's giant, it's my least favorite in this entire game. I, oh, wow. I, it's like burned in my memory of her like, chomping down on me and then making this quote being like mm, not very tasty it's like <laughs> and then her going ah, ah, ah. Yeah, yeah it's like stuck <laughs> in my head because it happened to me so many times i hated this boss so much yeah oh um all right <laughs> anything uh so the keyblade you get here is the crab claw yeah, it's a it's a good magic keyblade. Every time you hit enemies, little bubbles pop out, which I like. Um, yeah. And then the keyhole is in Ariel's little cave, which makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so next, we're off to Halloween Town, which I, at the time I played this game, I would say that along with Hercules and uh, Aladdin, Nightmare Before Christmas was like the world I was most excited to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I was obsessed with this movie. Uh, they didn't have Lion King in this game, so this was, you know, those three were like the, the next best I could get. Um, so you, the main areas are Dr. Finkelstein's lab, the graveyard, and Oogie Boogie's Manor. Um, there are, I guess, three boss fights, technically. Uh, Lock, Shock, and Barrel is one of them. Oogie Boogie is another. And then Oogie Boogie, who's been like assimilated by his own manor somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did you guys remember like the again the the minutia of the plot of Halloween Town? Um, isn't it, Dave? They uh, they, like the lock, stock, and barrel want to use the heart to like power a toy, and then Oogie yeah. Boogie gets it. Yeah, Doctor Finkelstein is trying to build a heart for their Halloween celebration for some reason, and then the heart gets taken by like lock, shock, and barrel because boogie wants it for some reason there's yeah in kingdom hearts games there's a lot of like dot 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 for some reason yes <laughs> um and the keyblade you get from this world is the pumpkin head which i believe is one i used a lot i think that's an attack focused one if i it's remember very, correctly it's very long yeah um where's the keyhole? oh in the oh at the, this is a really random one so is agrabah it was it's at the top the, of the hill no it's I thought it was 
Or is it on the ground after Oogie Boogie's manor collapses? I it's, think it's on the ground. Yeah, it's like on the, gr- I think it's you like shoot it up at the yeah. moon and then yeah. on the keyholes like in the ground where the manor was. I oh. think it's, I think you're thinking of two. I think that's I think, where the keyhole is in two. Yeah. Or is it in two? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I remember having a lot of trouble with the first Oogie Boogie fight. Uh, I don't know if you guys had similar difficulties. I, I thought it was hard. I I always thought that fight is fun. That's the one where you're kind it's of fun, on that but uh, roulette hard. table. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I thought it was yeah, very exciting. Was but for some reason, I kept losing. I don't know. <laughs> I think the fight where he assimilates his manner is is difficult because, um, you know, you're just kind of destroying these, you know, shadow pustules. But if you fall off, like, good luck. You're going to have to climb your way all the way back up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah, little bit of Shadow of Colossus vibes. But. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the last Disney area is Neverland, which I enjoy because great movie. Mm-hmm. Though it's not as variant. Like, there's not a lot of variety here. You're basically just on Captain Hook's ship, and there's like a small mini area of the clock tower, which I'm pretty sure the only purpose of the clock tower is to fight one of the secret bosses. Yeah, it also confuses mm-hmm. me why they give you the power of flight here in this cramped ship <laughs> yeah. stuck in all the hallways. Yeah. It's, it's like a very yeah. bad idea. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's pretty much just used for the final boss of Captain Hook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a fun, it's a funny like, boss fight, but you yeah. fight anti-Sora first, which is there That's a story right, reason yeah. behind that? No. Well, I don't I do, think so. It's like I Dark Link. Well, sort of, but it's sort of also to reference in the movie when like Peter Pan's shadow is alive. Oh. So oh, it's, right. a bit, it's a bit of a tie-in with the actual Disney movie. So That's true. But I mean, and then story-wise for Neverland here like this sort of explained a little bit of the Princess of Heart thing because like the whole plot was Captain Hook was trying to get Wendy because he was for certain he's like she's gotta be a Princess of Heart and then it turns out she's not yeah bummer there then it just makes them makes you be like well who is a Princess of Heart I don't know like is Sally a Princess of Heart in Halloween Town no no she's not so stupid Um, also, Jasmine was, but um, and I guess Alice. they have to have princess before their name, except for Alice. Except Alice for Alice. So, I don't know. Hmm. Um, yeah. so yeah, you fight Captain Hook. Uh, we'll mention maybe in a little bit. You revisit this area for a secret boss. Um, mm. the Keyblade is called the Fairy Harp. I don't recall what it does. It's good with magic. I um, okay. this is usually the Keyblade I bring into Hollow Bastion and again summon uh, Tinkerbell. Ah, okay. Where's the Keyblade here? The keyblade or the keyhole? Keyhole, sorry. Clock. Yeah, it's, the, oh, it's in the of clock. course, yeah. of course. Um, so you go back to Traverse Town again to see Sid, and I think then this is when you get access to Hollow Bastion and, and probably other gummies. things that Aaron more cares gummies. about. <laughs> yeah, more gummies. <laughs> um, all right, so now we're going to get back into the story a lot because mm-hmm. this is when the story kind of basically there's just like a bunch of story and then kind of nothing for like the whole Disney areas. Like if you took out the Disney stuff, you really wouldn't lose that much. No. Right? No. no. Not really. Um, so Hollow Bastion is a very cool world. Do one of you guys want to take the lead on describing what it looks like? Uh, Dave, go ahead. I'm trying. It's, I mean, yeah, it is really cool. You start off, isn't it? You start off in like that sort of icy mountainous area. 
as you're uh, approaching it? It's it's all if they're waterfalls, but they're flowing up instead of down. That's that's yeah. it. The waterfalls. Yeah. I always think they're like ice because it's like a little bluish, but yeah. I guess it's more grayish. Water but... is not very well animated in um, the Kingdom Hearts games, but more think, so than I, other games of this era. I think it's actually effective here, though. I think that's mm -hmm. a cool idea. But um, story-wise, you start off in this area and you actually run into Beast from Beauty and the Beast. And which is confusing at first because you're like, well, this isn't the beast's castle. Why is he here? But you find out his world was destroyed, but his love for Belle was so great that it saved him from being destroyed with the world and transported him to Hollow Bastion so he could rescue Belle, who was one of the princesses of heart and has been kidnapped by Maleficent and the other Disney villains. Yes. So, which is pretty cool. I, yeah. I really like. I really enjoyed having Beast, and I love Beauty and the Beast. So I was super excited to see him when I first played this. And me, who's a dumb dumb idiot head, uh, <laughs> thought for a very long time until like I got a little bit further in the level that Hollow Bastion was actually the castle from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> it is no, not. It is no, not even close. No. no, no. Um, no. So Hollow Bastion is just like another way. Of, it's it's a it's a more elegant way of saying an empty castle, yeah. um, mm -hmm. which is um, kind of like the, I guess, Nomura's clever way of saying that the only thing that occupy it now are heartless. Yeah. Can I, mean, I just oh. jump in with the beast uh, thing? Oh, for yeah, a absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I also love that piece this year because the cool thing I think it does is introduce um kind of like the the effects of what the heartless are doing we hear how bad the heartless are uh, you know in various worlds but this is someone whose world was destroyed um so you know we've kind of met people like that in traverse town but this is someone who his circumstances are much more desperate and you can kind of see the consequences of what's going on with the heartless which for you know an area where you kind of wrap up a bit of the heartless storyline actually makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah. um and so visually, like the rest of this, it's it's kind of a it's a just a gigantic castle that just towers yeah. over everything. The music in this area is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, probably my second piece of music from this game. Um, and I, I think I might have mentioned if I didn't, I'll say it again, that like, this is kind of what where Ansem used to call home. This is where he conducted some of his research. And since he has kind of left Hollow Bastion, Maleficent has taken it over, made it her own home base to do her Maleficenty things. Yeah, well, and not only Ansem's home, but it's you find out it's also like the home for like where the Final Fantasy characters oh, true. are from. The Radiant like, Garden, right? That's yeah. like where they all live. Yep, yeah. So like Leon, Yuffie, Aerith, like they're all from here. And also the members of the or the organization that shall not be named. Oh gosh. Oh Jesus. Uh yeah. anyway, story-wise, uh let's get back into simpler things, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> um, eventually we'll run into Riku, who will take the keyblade from Sora. Mm -hmm. And die. Uh, we should we should also mention that in Neverland, uh Maleficent gives Riku the ability to control the Heartless. Yes. And then gives him a sick new outfit. Oh, it's yes. sick. <laughs> yeah, it, you know he's a bad boy. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Donald and Goofy uh, taking Mickey's instructions literally go with Riku because Mickey told them to follow the key. Which 
<laughs> Sora would like not should not have welcomed them back with open arms. Really undermines the theme of friendship if they're like uh, this was they're, they're basically saying sorry this was a working relationship this entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I and I remember that scene because it's like Sora's like literally like on the ground like so upset that yes. he's lost the key and Donald and Goof. Goofy's just like, what should we do, Donald? And Donald's like, we have to follow the key. And then, yes. sorry, Sora. Yeah. And then they just I, um, walk over him. Yeah. I, I love in that moment, too, when Riku like kind of pulls the keyblade away from him and tosses him the wooden sword. Yeah. Like, where did yes. he get that wooden sword? I don't know. But like, I thought it was a very, like, yeah, he's defeated. This is, he's being very, um, condescending to sword. he's really rubbing it in he brought yeah. he brought that wooden he probably like whittled that wooden that's, sword just <laughs> specifically true. so he could stick it to he, he hit it like behind a pile of rocks in case yeah it would be perfect to use it first couple times i played this game i this was crushing like donald and goofy leaving i was probably just like yeah they got to do what they got to do this is heartbreaking for me but now every time and i was like what the fuck guys you guys are assholes yeah um so sora <sighs> Sora decides that his friends give him strength. They sure do. And my, he my becomes, friends are my power. And he becomes super powerful, which again, anime tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then gets the Keyblade back. He fights Riku again. Um, takes back what's his. And Riku in that time meets a shadowy cloaked figure that tells him to give into the darkness. I believe that is Ansem, but with all the revisionist shit that Nomura has done, I wouldn't be surprised if it was actually someone else. It's probably like future Sora from 2099 for some reason. Yeah, or it could be a member of Organization 13. Yeah. Who who the hell knows? Well, speaking of, oh, no, we're not going to go down that road. No, um, no, no, no. Every, just Not everything is what it seems, apparently. Uh, Nomura has done great things to, gone through painstaking effort to go back and ruin almost the things of the story of Kingdom Hearts 1 by just changing what we thought was happening. Anyway, um, Sora <laughs> will fight and defeat Maleficent, and he again encounters Riku, who's now wielding a Keyblade of his own that unlocks hearts. And at this point, Riku has now been possessed by Ansem, which yeah. is pretty cool. They uh, they do a double layering of, the, of their voices, which yes. sounds like it would be really dumb, but it's actually really cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huge fan. Yeah. Um, Ansem tells Sora that Kyrie is the final princess of heart. She got in. Uh, the voting closed and she got in over <laughs> Sally and Wendy. Oh, uh, man. Sorry. Those, those primaries are rough. I don't know. There might be a lot of more people on Destiny <laughs> Islands who were voting or voting twice or whatever. Um, and he tells Sora that Kyrie's heart is missing and that it is inside Sora. I don't know how or why it's there. Um, I think maybe Nomura thought that could make some emotional sense. I don't think it does, but maybe one of you two can explain to me or maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I, oh goodness, I, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to remember if they explained why her heart they do they do they say that or they kind of show a flashback where remember when destiny island is going island is going under you can run into the cave and check the door mm-hmm. um yeah they show a flashback where like when Kyrie's falling in her heart falls like like flies out and flies into sora that's that's it yeah yeah which they never showed you before so like mm-hmm. why would you have assumed that but, yeah that is correct. Yeah. 
Um, so Sora then fights and defeats this kind of Riku Ansem hybrid. And in what was probably the most emotionally affecting part of the original game, the first time I played um, for me, he unlocks his own heart in order to sacrifice himself to get Kyrie's heart back. And Sora then turns into a heartless. Again, what do you guys why, think about that? Again, why that works, I don't know. I, I don't know. I liked moving around as a heartless. So yeah, was that was actually that. really fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you don't stay heartless very long, right? No. No, you do not. Um, just, just long enough for Donald to like whack you on the head being like, bad heartless. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, wait, it's Sora. Yeah. Uh, like, Good friend there, Donald. Good yeah. Friend. And somehow Kyrie getting her heart back somehow completes a keyhole, creates one, I guess. And then yeah. she's able to then resurrect Sora using her own heart and like, sure, come the fuck on square. <laughs> like what this, and I feel like this, this little back and forth is like fuels the vibe of the rest of the series. Just yeah. heart this yeah. heart that unlock this close that. Not everything's what it seems. People die. People come back. People aren't actually who you think they are. People are possessed. Our friends good. Our friends good. Like, friends good. Friends good. Friends good. Our friends good. He's a clone of them. And that's, oh, a, that's a clone of them. Yeah. And then don't <laughs> this, forget yeah. Data Sora and Data. Every, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Um, I think there's one more boss you fight, the Behemoth, or maybe that's earlier. I can't remember. It's so, the one. I didn't mention. So you you don't close the keyhole for some reason. You run back to Traverse Town, I believe. Then you go back to close the keyhole, go into the portal, fight the behemoth. Then it closes and you can go to the end of the world, I believe. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So now we're going to the end of the world. Yep. The end of the whole world. The end of the whole world, which the wiki calls the combined fragments of worlds taken by the heartless. Yet you mm -hmm. see none of the, like, I would love this to be like a ring city amalgamation of like worlds smashed together, but it's right? just a generic, like, yeah, it's kind of cool looking, but it's, especially when you get inside the cave area, fairly generic, like glowy caves. Yeah. Talk, well, you, when you guys want to talk about the visuals. Yeah. Dave, tell us about the exterior. Well, I, I was going to say, I agree with you, Aaron. Like, I wanted this to be, like, did you ever play the Epic Mickey game on the Wii? Um, no, but I Very watched, cool I, watched, game. I watched people play a yeah. lot of it. Like, I wanted something like that, where it's just, like, all this discarded Disney stuff in this world. But it yeah. was, it's very much just, like, you just see, I, I'm... I'm trying to remember it exactly. It's just like fast emptiness, but there's like mountain parts. Um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, honestly, it's kind of drawing a blank here, but yeah. maybe that's the point of it. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. It's, it's a large area, but a lot of it kind of involves just sort of teleporting from like stone glowy platforms to stone glowy platforms. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, and it's all very like it's very purplish and there's like i don't know it's it's just a bunch of random <laughs> stuff it's hard yeah. it's hard to describe this would you guys say is a little bit of an aside for me at least i think this game is one of the only if not the only games that like i played this much where if you did put me in a gun to my head situation explain this explain that i would die every single time yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, I'd, I'd yes. agree yes 
Um, but you, you speaking of mountains, uh, you fight a really cool boss on a mountain here. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it. Do you uh, want us to take the lead on the story elements here? Oh, no. you, you, you can go. You can yeah, go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so you fight Cher- Chernabog, Chernabog, uh, which yeah. I didn't know the name um, of this, this thing until Kingdom Hearts, but um, it's the demon from the end of the first Fantasia um, where mm-hmm. they do Night on Bald Mountain, um, followed by Ave Maria. As a kid, Fantasia was also one of the Disney movies that I watched again and again and again and again. So I knew exactly uh, what this guy was from. Um, the music plays with it. Uh, it's similar to the Ursula fight. It's actually kind of like sucky in terms of uh, the fight itself. Um, it's more manageable though than Ursula because you can go around him more. Um, but you know, in terms of a boss fight, it kind of stinks, but I just, I like seeing it. It looks really cool. Yeah. Um, so then you get to like a final save area before the end, um, where you go to fight Ansem, but he is like a giant arc thing, <laughs> right? That's, yeah. that's a good way to describe it. Or no, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. This is no, no, no. This is before you find him on destiny Island where he has that like heartless partner guy. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's yeah. the first way you fight him. You fight him in the kind of ruins of Destiny Island um, that he is kind of destroyed. Um, very cool. It is looking. cool. It's yeah. very cool. Mm-hmm. And he has this, um, yeah, this like darkness creature um, protecting him. Then you fight the giant darkness creature, the dark side. And then then you fight Ansem as the weird like darkness flesh arc yeah he, he does it is he becomes like a this, weird flesh this arc. is what they call world right. of chaos right <laughs> yeah 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 it's oh gosh yeah what a what it's a mess. it's it, it i mean it is cool and terrifying looking you know what it reminds me of a little bit it reminds me of the um sprite from um x death and final fantasy 5 and the sprites for, of kafka's tower in final fantasy 6 mm. just like different areas mm. of growing like weird mixture of like organic and structural elements yeah. kind of together um mm. that's the vibe i got but yeah. very very like not at all in line with the disney imagery we've seen very in line with final no. fantasy but very like scary and creepy yeah the very yeah. end of this game gets far away from disney anything it's like okay yeah. you enjoyed that well here's something that's not at all like here's it. here's, a, here's no more uh gone bananas hey six-year-old who loves disney here's <laughs> a terrifying flesh arc yeah <laughs> uh yeah. visually like my bit one of my biggest takeaways from from this game and also from they kind of reuse it in kingdom hearts chain of memories is that image of Ansem like floating or standing still with the with the heartless behind him? Yes. Like the larger, it's very, very cool looking. Which again makes no sense because Ansem is the like he is the heart. Like there should not be an extra heartless attached to him. I mean, if we want to open that can of I was, nonsense. I was say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. None of it makes I'm, any I'm sense. I'm really, I'm really nitpicking the logic here, guys. Yeah. Uh, it deserves it. So Soren Company chase they they chase down Ansem and defeat him in these various forms that we're talking about. Um, Ansem, you know, professes that he believes that the heart is inherently dark and evil, and that his goal is to unlock Kingdom Hearts so that he has a source of all darkness. And so Ansem opens Kingdom Kingdom Hearts, uh, but light pours out and kills him. The ending, one of the more ending cutscenes. Um, Mickey and the and Good Riku, Riku unpossessed, are somehow in Kingdom Hearts already. Which I don't know, um, but either way, Mickey and Sora use their keyblades to seal the door. 
forever because there they, are no sequels they, well, yes they explain that there is a keyblade of darkness and a keyblade of light sora has a keyblade of darkness mickey for reasons unknown uh, or i'm sorry sora has a keyblade of light mickey for reasons unknown has a keyblade of darkness um and then there is required to be one on each side to close it this is not how kingdom hearts operates in later games uh, also mickey's keyblade doesn't really seem to be a keyblade of darkness <laughs> any other time it's used or mentioned yeah. yeah. And then there is a Keyblade of Darkness that we eventually learn about in other That's games that isn't completely, Mickey, different. completely different. Yeah. So, again, Mickey and Sora lock the door. Kyrie's sent back to Destiny Islands, but Sora doesn't go with her. Sora, he just promises that her that they'll be together again. Is Where's he going? Is she <laughs> I pulled think he, away? I think he wants to go, like, fix all the worlds that are still messed up. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. But by defeating Ansem, shouldn't the world be going back to normal? Because, yeah, I, I don't get it. But. Not a fear, Nomura wanting to leave Not room a for a sequel. Nomura, yeah. So, well, and, and what yeah. doesn't make sense to me with Kairi going back to Destiny Islands is you find out that she's <laughs> actually from Radiant Gardens. Yes. So shouldn't she just, like, go there if the worlds are, like, now correcting themselves? You'd I, think. It, yeah, I, I don't know. Doesn't make sense, but whatever. So at the very, very end, Pluto shows up with a letter from Mickey telling Sora, Donald, and Go- Mickey, who they just saw. Yeah, right, uh, right. Who could have just How said did he get something. that letter there that fast? I don't know. He could have. He probably was probably writing it while they were in person. He just well, could have just said it out loud. Well, and Sora, Donald, and Goofy—they're like walking down this plain-looking road yes. in the middle of nowhere. Well, but it's like uh, it's like a beautiful day and like there's like yeah. flowers on each side and it's like knowing where they wind up next in like, chron- you know, chronologically mm-hmm. like makes no sense. Like Castle Oblivion that yeah, just like, happens to be on the, the side path. of the road. Like, yeah, that's the path to Castle Oblivion. Like, it just seems yeah. very odd. Oh. Yeah. So the, the letter tells Sora, Donald, and Goofy what to do and they head out on their next adventure. And that's the plot of Kingdom Hearts. Was it, though? No, not even close. No, Um, it wasn't. So in the interest of time, we might want to really go through some of this stuff quickly. I mean, there's other Keyblades involved. There are some optional bosses. I think the one at Neverland Clock Tower is actually the one I've struggled with the most. Um, Sephiroth, I think, is is challenging in this, but not too bad. Voiced by Um, Lance Bass, by the way. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that. This is Lance. I probably Bass, did at one which, point. This is uh, Sephiroth. Wow. Oh. Yeah, in, well, in this one only. In the other ones, oh. it's the guy who normally does and other things. But. There is this giant desert monster, Kurt Zisa, the one that was named after a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an Agrabah. That one's fine. Uh, the mm-hmm. Ice Titan is extremely easy yeah, as a melee or mad. I would imagine it's yep. easy yeah. with magic too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there are so many side quests. There are gummy missions which. No, thanks. I'm not going to engage with that. Oh, <laughs> d- did them all. Um, and guess what you get? Just more gummy parts. Oh, <laughs> so. There's uh, Dalmatians to find. There are these torn pages to find. There's postcards. There's the Olympus Coliseum Arena Cup challenges that I mentioned before. Like you can fight like various Final Fantasy characters, get more abilities, fight Hercules. That's how you get to Sephiroth. Um, would you say that really the if you're going to do anything on the side in this game, it's the tournaments? Yes, absolutely. like those give you absolutely the most concrete, tangible uh, rewards. Whereas the other stuff, it's all like 
stat ups and like items and you know grafting materials and little things yeah i i would agree um do you guys uh, really quick like what's your favorite area what's your favorite boss fight in this game if you had to just gun to your head what uh, is it? gun to my head actually it sounds silly but gun to my head i'm gonna say the battle on destiny island with the three kids when you fight all three of them together interesting um, because they each have like a little quirk of like how to block or dodge their attacks or turn it against them and having three of them at once is like just enough of a challenge and how early you are in the game i like actually think that's brilliantly designed fight and i'm mm-hmm. kind of sad that more bosses didn't have those like counters and tells the way that those three did um they're like they're like more legitimately fun to fight than i think most enemies in this entire game are and i remember often when i replay this game i don't leave destiny island until i'm like kind of done doing that fight because yeah. i'll just do it over and over hmm. um, what about keyblade keyblade um i really like the crab claw just because i like that movie and it boosts magic and um attack a little bit okay I, I like the pumpkin head a lot. I think the Ultima weapon also, but that's maybe just some cost fallacy because that's Probably. a bit, it's a real bitch to get. Um, visually, I actually think the Phantom at Neverland Clock Tower is the coolest boss. Like, yeah. it, I think it's really cool and kind of scary as a kid just to like yeah. to fight this boss. Um, outside of that, I really like the first Shafar fight and I also like Sephiroth. Um, those are probably my favorites. What about you, Dave? Mm-hmm. I world world wise I like Halloween Town the most but that's just a bit of bias because I'm I love Nightmare Before Christmas and I love that you got to have Jack as your partner and Mm -hmm. the music is just so cool there and the visuals it's it was so much fun and I guess Keyblade wise I really like the Oath Keeper just how it looks oh yeah it's just such a cool looking one like to get that near the end of the game, it's like, oh, this is awesome. And I don't think you have to do anything ridiculous to get it. No, No, not at all. So we didn't mention it. So the first time you come back with from Hollow Bastion with Kyrie, she gives you the Oath Keeper. And then when you go back to close the keyhole and fight the behemoth behind um, on the ledge is the Oblivion. Mm -hmm. So like you kind of get both connected to Hollow Bastion in a way, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But boss-wise, I definitely like the Phantom, like you said, Jimmy. Um, It's just, it's such a cool area to fight them to. Like, you're just flying around over London with the clock in the background. It's such a cool fight. It just sucks that it's so tough. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, outside of that, I don't know. I, I always think of something bad with every boss in this game (laughs) there's something annoying with like either the controls or i don't know but area wise i think i'm with you like i think halloween town is probably my favorite and hollow bastion is my second favorite i think i think area wise i really like agrabah um, yeah. And I think I like Agrabah because one, I just, I love Aladdin. Um, but two, I think, cause the levels before that were hundred acre wood, Traverse town, deep jungle, Olympus Coliseum, Wonderland, all the Disney ones before this were like those very modified small areas. Yeah. Agrabah was the first level that really looked like the movie and all the areas like looked just like the movie in a way mm-hmm. that the previous levels didn't. And mm-hmm. when I got to Agrabah, I was like, Oh, here we go. Like, this is the full promise of the game. Like I'm in a full Disney like movie full world and like i'm doing these things yeah mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get into what works and doesn't work. And then we'll get into our, our usual segments. <laughs> um, for me, I would say what works is its charm. It's kind of like JRPG fantasy elements. It's not overly complicated mechanically. It's pretty simple and straightforward. It's very easy to just kind of pick up and play again. I think Heartless are a cool idea. Again, I'm trying to keep this disembodied from the story. Mm-hmm. Um, the music is amazing. Um, in where like the um, original compositions for it, like simple and clean, like Utada Hikaru is an amazing singer. Um, I've, I enjoy some of her other solo stuff too. And like, I didn't obviously know about her before this at all, but like, Simple and Clean is just an iconic song. Um, Dearly Beloved, just iconic. Such a beautiful, beautiful song. I don't think we've really talked too much about the music before. Um, the Disney presence, I think, on the surface is what works for me. Um, but what doesn't work for me is the Disney aspect to me works less well in execution than it does in its idea. Uh, like we talked about, like it's kind of there's a presence is there a little bit because of Donald, Mickey and, and Goofy. But in terms of like story, like it's like non Disney, Disney stuff and then a bunch of Disney worlds. And then if you got rid of that part, you can just connect to the end of the game and not a whole lot changes. Um, the all the Nomura isms, particularly the chaotic story is a big strike against this, even though, again, it's t- it's much tamer than the other games. The Final Fantasy character crossovers I loved at first, and I've kind of turned on that a little bit. It seems it it bothers me a little bit sometimes. Not like it doesn't really. I'm not trying to say it negatively impacts my enjoyment of the game. It's just something that I don't really care about as much anymore. And I would say the gummy ship, everything gummy related doesn't work for me. Gummy related. Yeah. How about you guys? (laughs) You can go first, Dave. Yeah, I mean, what works for me, the the whole idea of using Disney, it, it's just genius, in my opinion. And like I said in the beginning, it just opened up everyone's imagination to be like, if we can connect these Disney worlds in one game together, like, like what else could we do? But what also doesn't work, and it's tied into that a little bit, I wish that they connected the worlds a little bit more. Like, for example, when you play through Monstro, like Geppetto and Pinocchio, they get launched out of Monstro. They set up shop in Traverse Town. So when I replay it now as an adult, I think to myself, what would have been kind of cool is at the end of each world, there's like one character from that world that then sets up shop in Traverse Town oh. as a way for it to be like, oh, now that world's connected to Traverse Town. Like, I don't know, it would just be some new shop that get, opens up or they'll allow you to play like a mini game in Traverse Town. I don't mm-hmm. know, that was just something yeah. that I thought of only because Geppetto and Pinocchio go there. And that way you would have the characters from the various Disney movies kind of interact more. Um, What else doesn't work? The gummy levels. They just, they don't work. They don't belong in this game. (laughs) It's like, it's like I said, it's like they tried to recreate Star Fox and they, but it's a worse version of Star Fox that they just jammed in it just because 
they wanted to include as many different genres in this game as possible. Like you have the RPG, you have the platforming. Um, some were there racing parts in this? I can't remember if there were. There, there is not. a racing mini game in yeah. Birth by Sleep. I okay, Birth by Sleep. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of. But it's like they keep trying to put in new, like genres into this series, and sometimes it just doesn't work. So. That's what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll say what works and what doesn't for me. Uh, I think a lot of the things you guys already said work for me. Uh, I think the charm of Disney combined with uh, some of a little bit of the aesthetic of Square works. Um, I really actually like, um, as I've said before, the kind of slower, clunkier combat mechanics. Um, because I feel like they're a little more controlled and you know a bit more about what you're doing and what the enemy is doing, um, which makes this combat, especially if you're playing on proud mode, uh, which I definitely have before and beating all those optional bosses, which I definitely have before, um, having things be a little more slow and controlled and you, you knowing what's going on more. Um, that's something that happens in Kingdom Hearts 1 that does not happen in 2 and 3 as much at all. Um, some of the Disney game, some of the Disney worlds I thought were better than others. Um, I really like Atlantica. I like, um, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, but some of them, the way they truncated their stories, I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, and then I agree with a lot of what you said, you know, it doesn't work similar, similar things, but overall, I think we could all agree. Um, this is definitely worth playing, even if you've never played before. And even if you're like 10 years old now. Um, I think at least the first one before it completely spirals out of control is yeah. kind of worth it. It's one of those games where I, I feel like I, I'm, I want to agree with you and say, play this game. It's a recommendation from me, but it might also be like the most likely recommendation I would give where the ch there's could be a chance that you could come back and tell me that you're mad at me for recommending yeah. it. It's just, I think uh, like, like we've been saying it's existence is a miracle in several ways. Oh yeah. So I almost feel like just introducing yeah. the novelty of it to someone like, Hey, can you believe this? Like, I think it's worth playing through the first one for that factor alone. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. Um, Dave, you had an interesting idea that we can do really quick. Um, you had mentioned maybe like what Disney worlds you want to see in future games or, and I yeah. kind of maybe what gate, what Disney worlds were you excited for the series fucked up? Uh, you know, <laughs> while we're not talking about the whole series. So obviously we were aware of the game, the areas that are not in this game, but are in other games. I'm just going to say sword in the stone. I'm just going to yeah. leave, leave, leave it at that. Or like a real balls to the walls, like Fantasia world. Yep. Yeah, I, I was originally going to say Fantasia, but I think the world that, and this is going to sound weird, especially after what I said doesn't work with this game, I want Wreck-It Ralph. <gasps> oh, I mean, yeah. And, but what I want, like, I actually want them to sort of recreate the games in Kingdom Hearts. So, like, you would do the racer game, you would do the shooting game ah. and like the actual Wreck-It Ralph game itself. And I know I just said, like, I hate that they're trying to shove all these genres into this series, but that is one world where it's like, you could really make it cool. Yeah. That's a world where it would be like a perfect compliment. Whereas in other worlds, yeah. the mini games kind of stick out as being like kind of odd. Yeah. Um, it would, it would give the perfect context for it. Well, yeah. and especially like, um, 
I mean, not to spoil anything in the future games, but like with the Princesses of Heart, they basically acknowledge that, oh, they they um, get reincarnated in new people. So <laughs> Vanellope could easily be a Princess of Heart. And if you think in the first movie, like she makes that little heart cookie for oh. Ralph that she gives him. So they, you can easily make it like a Kingdom Hearts world. Yeah. 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 But I'm not, and I'm not going to get into what worlds they fucked up because it's a lot. <laughs> Big Hero it's, Six. Yeah. Oh, oh Big Hero, my God. So we could, that's for Kingdom Hearts 3 because there's yeah. a yeah. lot of worlds. <laughs> I, I was just, that, that, was the, that was the most upsetting one of all it's, of them. Like, that and, that I, and Monsters, Monsters Inc. That was de- devastating actually, how horribly they fucked those up. Actually, I liked the Monsters Inc. one. I didn't like Toy Story because really? yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm with you, David. Well, because with Monsters, with the Monsters Inc. one, they sort of played it as like it's sort of a sequel to the original movie. But with Toy Story, it's like the Toy Story you go to. It's not Al's Toy Barn. It's some other place. Yeah, and true. I don't know. It just yeah. But that's Kingdom Hearts three. So. Yeah. You're right. We should get back on track. Yeah. Aaron, um, my, yeah. Mine's going to be probably uh, not exactly on topic. Um, the, the Disney one I would love is kind of like Dave mentioned, um, like a, a true Fantasia one, um, with, like using all the powers of a PlayStation 4 and, you know, now maybe the next one, PS5, because um, Fantasia is so crazy and rich with visuals and imagery and music. And I think mm-hmm. they can make it something really incredible. Um, but my generic answer is that everyone always says is uh, Marvel or a Star Wars world because yeah. now they would be allowed to do that. And I they're already dabbling in Pixar. So. I don't want it. It's just gonna be it's gonna be like Pirates of the Caribbean, but worse. No, I mean, th- but imagine this. Imagine like the the name of the level is like City of Heroes, and you're just teaming up with like Spider Man and Captain America. And- I I think that we're we have blinders on if we were to think that there they wouldn't find some way to fuck up every single property we'd be excited to see a crossover with that's a good point I mean, like the, the, there's no way they would like wreck it ralph would end up like oh we're, we're doing wreck it ralph for kingdom hearts 4 and we get so excited and then it would be such an uninspired level True. probably also both of you before i forget um you can play the game fix it felix uh like the yeah. arcade game online if you just google fix it felix you can you can play it and it's actually pretty yeah. fun Oh. Yeah, you you are absolutely correct. Yeah. But I think with the Marvel, the only way that they were able to do it was with Big Hero 6 cuz that was a Marvel property. Yeah, true. Yeah. And I feel like the only way they could do Star Wars is in something similar to that if it was like one of those spin-off cartoon shows they yeah. had like like if it was Star Wars Rebels or something yeah. like based on that, then True. maybe you could make it work because then the animation style that could kind of work with the kingdom hearts but i don't i don't yeah. want to see like mark hamill teaming oh, up with donald no. and goofy no no, no. Yeah. uh actually, unless it is actually the actor mark hamill in oh, person in a very meta uh world that'd be great and they and then and the cgi princess leia from uh rogue um no yeah just let her rest in peace um all right let's let's cast this movie so uh, it was next to impossible to envision this as a live action so originally i was going to yeah. cheat and say i just want a full-length animated movie with the same cast and a plot that's simplified to i don't know three hours yeah which is generous um 
But if we were to do a live action, I forced my way through it. But my biggest question to you guys is how do you do Donald and Goofy? Is it like Looney Tunes back in action? So, <laughs> yeah, something? I think it has to be. Or yeah. I think it's like they're like the Jar Jar Binks of the movie. Like they'll be played by real actors, but just died oh, over. <laughs> It'd be so terrible. Wearing like weird, weird dead eyed <laughs> duck head helmets and dog face helmets. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. I have this like these three actors that are just a pool that you could basically pick one of them to be sore and one of them to be Riku. And I think that alone that I'm making that reductive that I'm reducing to down to that is like says a lot about how little depth Sora has that I can't like picture a singular actor to play him. Um, I have like Ty Simpkins from Jurassic World and Iron Man 3. I have Finn Wolfhart um, from Stranger Things and It Part One and then uh, Wyatt Olaf from at part one he's more of a riku character i think he's the one who plays stanley um for Kyrie, i have uh i guess you could, i have two i put either karen and shipka from mad men and sophia lillis also from it part it part one uh and for ansem i put ian glenn jorah mormont yeah yeah i could see that yeah um, mine is a little different in that I went with more like people that would be the appropriate ages at the time. So for oh, Sora, for Sora <laughs> I have Ed Spielers of Aragon fame. Oh my gosh. And then um, the, the guy who plays his rival Murtog in the film, who is actually an actor now, who's like a real actor. He was in Tron Legacy. He was the main character. What's that guy's name? He's been in a bunch of stuff. Oh, oh what, what's his shoot. Name? Uh, let me look it up. Uh, I can't remember. Tron like, like the main character in Tron. Yeah, Legacy? the main character. He starts with a G. Oh yeah, Garrett. Oh Hedl- Garrett Hedlund. He's he's yeah. a pretty good. I was actor, I was actually. in thinking about him because I was like I was picturing someone who's a kid now well, and not so because yeah. I just remember Edgar and I recently watched Aragon because I am sick, um, in my mind. Uh, but <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Ed Spieler is as old as old Sora and Garrett Hedlund as Riku because when Aragon was made, when we were 17, they would be the perfect age. Um, so that's what I would do. Um, for Kylie, I would do Jessica Simpson. Um, and then honestly, for Bill or for uh, Ansem, I would just stick with Billy Zane because um, he does a great <laughs> voice. So, so get the live action Billy Zane in there. You're right. Why not yeah. stick with well, if it's not yeah. broken? Don't fix now, it. Don't fix it. The only person that I did for this segment was Sora. And I mean, the only answer, the only correct answer is Haley Joe. Awesome. You're right. Oh, you are right. Because especially if you think about it, Disney would be the ones to make this movie because uh. they own the rights to the characters. And they have that technology to make people look like their younger selves. They could easily do uh, it. And he still, if he's shaved because he has a beard, yeah. he shaves, he still looks quite a bit like he, his younger self. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the only answer. Yeah. You're, I, you're right. Our answers are stupid. <laughs> Listen, this no, is why we no, brainstorm, no. okay? You're right, you're right. No, no, no. no. no I just, we, I just, we usually we, come away agreeing with that one person's are is better, and I think yeah. Dave, you win that I, one. Yeah, you definitely. It's won. just Disney. They got the money. They can make anybody look like whoever these days, and make it look pretty good. Yeah. Like, I still think about Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas, how they looked in Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh like, yeah. They looked like they how they looked in the 80s. I was well, even like, um God. even Downey Jr. in um Civil War in that yeah. 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 Oh. But not to burst anyone's bubble, but uh 
this is a Kingdom Hearts movie adaptation. And even if that were to happen, there's no way that anyone would devote all of their money and resources to it. Like, no. kind of like how Netflix takes animes or are making them live action and they're terrible because they don't put they don't put enough money towards the right actors and people and CGI. Like, there's no way we'd be getting the top of the line CGI in a Kingdom Hearts movie. No, that's that's true. I, I at first I thought you were going to say nobody would put money up to make this, and well, I was like, too. I'll disagree because <laughs> somebody made Cats, and that was oh my god, yeah. Okay, do you think if they made Kingdom Hearts the movie, they would make Kingdom Hearts the movie, the game? And that that in Kingdom Hearts, like Kingdom Hearts 4, one of the worlds would be Kingdom Hearts, the movie, the game, the world. Oh my, you mean, you mean Kingdom Hearts uh, 0.0 or Kingdom Hearts 3.14 re final mix colon the movie colon the game colon the world. Multiplied by negative heart. Yeah. Doesn't, wouldn't, doesn't this tie into your what Kingdom Hearts would be represented as a world in Kingdom Hearts? Let's hold off on that for just a quick second. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, crash that train when we can uh, in a second. So would you want to live in the world of this game? This no, is where no, I usually say no. something and Aaron says yes. the opposite thing. Yeah. And I'm shocked. <laughs> but, but, but it's it's not intentional. I, just, I know it's not. I know I, I, it's not. It's just funny how often we disagree. But we agree here because absolutely no, not. No. I, I would live in this world. It's the Disney world. It's like, come on. Well, okay, Dave, I'm with you. If like, I would love to live in say Agrabah if Agrabah wasn't yeah. like two two city blocks, which is what it is in the right. game. Like if it were the like the movie yeah. version of Agrabah, then like definitely. And that's why this segment is kind of a clusterfuck sometimes because I think we keep sometimes we manipulate the rules of it. Like, are, also, are we within the general idea of the world of the game, or are we in the specific two block Agrabah world? Of I the think game? we have wildly different like explanations of what that question means and i don't yeah. think we should ever try and clarify them to each no, other. Never. no never and yeah. that's why this this segment will endure forever like, <laughs> yes uh, okay so i i would live in this world only if it's to the point where i have the warp drive on the gummy ship and i can just oh. warp to whichever world i want to go and that to. and that okay. i think that's very fair okay yeah. i still wouldn't but that's very fair aaron <laughs> would just work in sid's shop uh i I, listen geppetto and sid we would just have the ultimate gummy mission um all right so rather than so we're using this episode to put to rest finally kingdom hearts corner the controversial segment that has isolated so many people from enjoyment of the latter half of our episodes again for people it's a, who hasn't it, played kingdom hearts it's, this it's is a, a segment for us it's a real putin move it's just like like it or not we're making you do this and you yeah. just have to deal with it. <laughs> that's the second so, putin reference in this episode <laughs> yeah so, so i actually thought about this after you told after you told me about this segment and mm-hmm. i actually think i have a pretty funny answer i'm excited in once I, i'm very excited to hear it but first i just let me say yeah aaron it's been it's been fun doing this segment with you. Um, it's, been a, it's been an honor. It's time to put a bullet in its head. <laughs> Finally, so we are going to do Kingdom Hearts Corner colon re colon Final Mix colon the Ultra Mega Kingdom Hearts Corner sixty nine over four twenty zero point one one two five whatever. Yeah, we are going to talk about how Kingdom Hearts would be represented as a world in a Kingdom Hearts game, specifically this Kingdom Hearts game. 
how it would be represented, like in Kingdom Hearts 4. And it sounds like, Dave, you have put some thought into this. So I would love to hear it. A little bit. So first, did either of you see the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie? Yes. Yes. So it's, it's sort of like that. This is very meta. So pretty much the world would be our world, but the characters from Kingdom Hearts have somehow jumped from the video game world into our world and are interacting with like the voice actors. So you would have Haley <gasps> Joe Osment oh as my. your partner. What? And, I love it. And the Heartless would be Namura. it would be like the heartless has controlled him and you have to fight it like yeah that i yeah i think you just i think you did it i think you just you did it it's very i'm so you just sent this segment off in glorious fashion (laughs) i thought if if you had left it up to just aaron and i it probably would have been a freaking train wreck i will say i will say nothing now because i I don't want to i don't want to say anything either yeah uh that's yeah yeah. I, I love that so much. I will just say that maybe if we had to talk about the Keyblade, actually, I don't even know. It might break oh, my gosh. brain. The, the Keyblade is just a Keyblade with a keychain that's a Keyblade. And yeah, maybe... and it's just, but it's just like the size of a set of normal keys. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. If or the key, the keychain is Haley Joel Osment's decapitated head. Or what if the keychain is just the PS2 box to Hearts <laughs> 1? Yes. Just on the end of the keychain? Yeah. Or that's where the keyhole is. It's the PS2 box. Or oh, <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. Or, or maybe. Maybe the keyhole is somehow like in Nomura's heart. <laughs> like you ha- like they actually have to kill him and I don't know, unlock his heart to release all of the sins he's committed. I don't know, but there would be a sequel to whatever game you're talking about, right? Cause it has to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah, the plague I mean, of heartless on our world. Yeah. And it just kind of expands from there. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> that was delightful. I want to yeah. I want to keep talking about that for hours now. <laughs> Speaking of delightful, I found some delightful fan fiction. What not all of it was specific to Kingdom Hearts and so it was difficult to I didn't end up settling on something that was specific to Kingdom Hearts unfortunately. I, I did too. Do you want to just so I will clarify that I decided to go classy with this week. Yes, I did too. We, can we agree that there's a horrifying amount of Kingdom Hearts <laughs> smut in in the world? Oh, we can agree on that. Yeah. Um, I I so I found one that stopped my search. I'm like this is it. This is the one I want to talk about because I think it's a very fun idea. It again it does integrate other games but it is it's very the majority of it is sticking to stuff that's in the original kingdom hearts um you want me you want me to just tell you what i found yeah go for it um this is called destiny high it is it is what it would be like for all these final fantasy and kingdom hearts characters a crossover to be in a boarding school together (laughs) it is very it's, it's kind of like harry potter or like Clone High. Yes. Clone it's high. it's 36 chapters long, and there's a lot of thought that went into it. It was started, I think, in like 2014, and this person is still chipping away at it. It's, it was last updated in November 2021. I mean, good for them. Wow. So you've got the likes of like Sora, Riku, Kairi, and Axel at boarding school. You know, the first whole 
page like chapter is an intro to like who teaches what class like sebastian <laughs> teaches teaches band third period only in parentheses i mean i guess that makes sense though he would teach band it makes more sense than him teaching like theoretical physics some other fun ones <laughs> sid highwind teaches the basics of mechanics phil teaches the basics of olympics uh rapunzel teaches basic of arts i don't know what that is ariel teaches choir bell teaches french <laughs> it's just hercules teaches <laughs> greek mythology does it, Geppetto it, teach shop? Uh, great question. I don't see his name anywhere, but this is there's a lot of information. Um, does Geppetto teach how to create lifeless golems through the wishes <laughs> of an extraterrestrial fairy? He doesn't, but he should. Uh, Merlin and Donald teach basics of magic. So Mickey is the principal, obviously. Uh, Blitzball is played at this school. Sure. Obvious, obviously. Um the, the one like and so it's, it's just kind of like going through like their days of school uh, like there's like a blitzball tryouts there's like jealousy about people doing well in classes and 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 not other people doing well in classes like like that kind of thing there's the, the classic like rivalries and such um one the one weird thing i'm going to note is there's a scene where roxas and sora are playing the slender man game <laughs> what like the slender man like mobile game which i didn't even know existed maybe it doesn't what it was there's a whole lot going on here but i found it to be a very charming idea overall huh and that's what i've got okay uh okay nice um i went uh in a different direction as i said i wanted to find something um not you know weird or dirty or disgusting as a lot of kingdom hearts fans was what i said weird and dirty and disgusting <laughs> i mean it was weird that's for sure I, it yeah, wasn't it, it wasn't like it wasn't like I, yeah i don't even want to go into work it was pretty wholesome yeah it was fairly wholesome. just weird yeah just weird what i found and what i remember reading the first volume of is the kingdom hearts one uh or maybe it was final mix kingdom hearts manga did either of you read that no yeah. i don't think okay. i knew it existed so yeah. yeah there's a kingdom hearts manga that came out um i think there's one for like final mix for regular for two there's mm -hmm. one for almost every game i think and i remember buying the first volume of the kingdom hearts manga and it like gives it a real story it like fleshes out donald goofy and sora sora still doesn't have like a ton of character traits he's still very much like a shonen manga like boy main character but it actually fleshes out the story and gives each world like a lot more personality. And by the end of the first manga that it had gotten through the end of the Wonderland world and then beating the like, you know, Mad Hatter, Trickster, weird, heartless. Um, and I thought it was really cool. And then I discovered Bleach and never bought any other manga for the next two years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like basically company sanctioned fan fiction, essentially, because it's, you know, it doesn't, it's not canon, it doesn't follow the story. But in terms of like a product tie in fan fiction, like sponsored fan fiction, I think it's actually really good. And the art is actually pretty good. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And on Amazon, I'm looking at it right now, you can get the uh, first one for free um, with on Kindle or Comixology. So, oh, yeah. there you go. Kingdom Hearts is a world that I was very interested in learning everything about for a time until I learned everything about it. And then I realized what a horrible mistake knowledge is. Yeah, yeah. it's a real Lovecraftian proposition. <laughs> knowledge really is. is actually corrupting and horrible. It but really, really do is. We, do we still know everything about it? No, I, mean, I never will. No, no, it just keeps going. There's more hearts to unlock, more clones to find. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, as, as we know from like in like school, like there were everyone's got like subjects that no matter how hard they try, they'll just never get it. Like for me, it's chemistry and Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. It's not wouldn't have gotten an A in Kingdom Hearts. It doesn't matter if I how much of a fan I was. I wouldn't have gotten an A. Yeah, you would have answered like it's Ansem, and it's like I'm sorry, it's Ansem's clone. We were looking yeah. for. No. Yeah, and it's like it's Ansem's clone number four. Come on, it makes me really want to watch an episode of like you know, rest his God, uh, rest his soul, uh, Alex Trebek in a uh, an episode of Jeopardy where he corrects somebody at an Ansem related question. You know how he like would respond like he knows the answer even though they're in front of him. Yeah, he kind of just yeah. like no, you stupid idiot. It's this. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would love i would love to, oh. to hear, hear a jeopardy question like that yeah um anyway any other fan fiction from either of you no i went the uh down the straight and narrow route this time but yeah. um yeah again it's like it's a little cute charming manga check it out yeah yeah i i didn't want to open that floodgate and read any of that fan fiction i was like nope i i don't even want to know what the internet came up with yeah it's, you don't for whatever reason, it's Kingdom Hearts and Sonic. I don't know what it is. They seem wholesome on the outside. I don't know what it is that people are just, they just want to do horrible things to them in fantasy. Well, well yeah. Sonic, I can understand because of the furry crowd. But oh, yeah, true. Disney, it's, true. Disney, it's just like, uh, they, uh, I don't know. I No, don't want that with Disney. No. no. Maybe one day we'll do a Sonic episode and we'll just open the floodgates with sonic oh. smut okay for a second i thought you were gonna say maybe one day i will <laughs> like, maybe, i don't know maybe one day i'll just finally like give in and be like this is, this is kind of hot i'm a furry and dress yeah. up as knuckles oh like, yeah. yeah let's go Ooh, knuckles wow. of that knuckles of that idris elba voice too yeah <laughs> yeah meow um any final thoughts on Kingdom Hearts from you guys? No, I'm thinking about Idris Elba now. Okay, so none from Aaron, Dave. No. I mean, there's a lot of like with this first game, not really Kingdom Hearts as a whole. There's a ton of thoughts. We'll that, save it because maybe we'll have you yeah. back if we yeah. decide to do another Kingdom. If we decide yeah. to really get in, which maybe we will. I don't know. We're gonna need King a break. I mean, Kingdom Hearts two great i can talk about that one fine the third one Ugh. well i can talk about the third one but it's uh, there's a lot i have problems with yeah. yeah i mean this is this has been one of our games that we've we've kind of had in the back of our minds to do like ones that we know relatively well where we played enough um and mm -hmm. it took us 30 episodes to do it i would say it probably will take at least 30 episodes to do another game absolutely and for the better um, yeah yeah but dave I mean, thank you so much for joining us for this yeah yeah thank you it was for a pleasure. having me yeah. it really was uh, you're love to have your perspective and kingdom hearts corner was never yeah. better also yeah. can i can i say your recollections of both conversation full conversations mm -hmm. and the voices characters use when recalling them is truly impressive yes truly <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and yeah, and please, Dave. If if you uh, if you don't mind, I, I would we'd like you to tell our audience to read the freaking Grinch or watch the Grinch. <laughs> just 
it's it's like a 40 minute movie and it's a 30 minute movie maybe it's a 25 minute movie it's more charm it packs more charm and wonder into 40 minutes than the entire kingdom Hearts series packs in a two decades spanning multimedia franchise it's delightful and it's a frankly offensive that more people haven't watched it so would you tell the people would you mind telling the people tell them dave what what Grinch? Like you mean the newest one? The, like, no, 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 Dave. <laughs> what? what the nineteen sixty six American classic? Yes. Oh, yeah. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah. Can you, however, take whatever tone you'd like, but please tell people to watch it. You should watch the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs>